Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, the most uninformed pod, uh, the most uninformed motocross podcast on the internet. We are back with episode number one ninety nine. Travis Pastrana, Travis Pastrana, TP one ninety nine. Uh, we are here to wrap up the Foxborough round. Here, uh, we're going to talk some uh, some Denver round. We are going to talk uh, with Kevin Morans about how his night went. We are going to call up Max from Dirt Bike Depot, talk to him about what's going on with Dirt Bike Depot, his thoughts on the season, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, yeah, just kind of work our way through everything going on in the moto industry at the current time. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. My name is Travis. I'm your host. We are once again not on video this week. Um, the new studio is not quite done. We're getting closer. I have made some room in the new studio so that we can start to get set up here. Uh, but we're just not quite there yet. So like I said, hopefully, uh, rest of Supercross here might be like this, but then outdoor, outdoor preview will hopefully have the studio set up with, uh, lights and video and everything else in between. So anyway, uh, before we get started here, just want to thank our sponsors for the show. So first off, thanks to Energy Fuel, the best fucking drink out there. Keep yourself fueled, energized, and strong from start to finish. Pick yours up today at coachrobstore.com. Want to thank Premier Custom Trailers. If you need a trailer, commercial or residential, Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs. Sales, service, parts, or rentals, they do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US-131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. And our last presenting sponsor, longtime sponsor, TLR Coatings, Michigan's number one custom powder coating shop from two-tone wheels and motorcycle frames to small batch production jobs. TLR Coatings will coat anything metal the right way. If you're looking for some custom Coating, they do that too. TLR Coatings serving southwest Michigan and the surrounding area for over five years. Check them out at tlrcoatings.com or on social, all the major social media networks at TLR Coatings. Also on board with us, Alias Sport, Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutter Works, Isaac Nelson Designs, Clutch Media, and Holster Co. Links to all of those in the description down below. If you guys would like to uh, like to purchase any merchandise, help us out by buying something on Amazon, or support us through Patreon. There are links for those in the description down below also. And make sure the best way to help support us is just to like, subscri uh, like, subscribe, comment, share the content. We are out there, and then that will help us uh, get in front of more eyeballs because that's what we're really trying to do right now. As far as merch goes, we have our, uh, our Outdoor Tour 2022 shirt we are in the process of working on here. Uh, we've got the design pretty much dialed in here. I'm going to get some samples ordered hopefully this week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be off to the races. So, thanks, everyone, for joining us in studio with me. Semi-committed. We'll call it, like, 85%. Got his summer haircut. I <clears throat> can't wait for you guys to see this on video. It is the one, the only, OG co-host, Mr. Justin Hartzell. 
Hey, buddy. Well, hey, man. You know, you know the other, the other co-host, Supercross only. I think we just. Uh, I think when we renegotiate contracts for uh, next year, yeah, because we know we won't see them all summer. Maybe for the outdoor preview show, and that's it. I think we just need to uh, be like, hey, man, like you're on a bonus only program. Like the only time you know you <laughs> is if you show up. Yeah, because like, like that. we haven't we haven't seen him. What's haven't even heard from him on a show since like what St. Louis, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, I think when we renegotiate those contracts for next year, it's kind of like, hey, man, you don't show up. Just yeah, not part of the group anymore. Yeah, he's just not part of the cool kids club. <laughs> yeah, just boo. So everybody, leave uh, leave a comment in the uh, old comment box and tell us how much you guys uh, think Cole sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Um. So before we jump into everything here, first up, going to come up uh, for our first guest of the night. It's going to be Max, owner of Dirt Bike Depot. Uh, we got just a few minutes here. He'll be coming up. Justin, what's up, buddy? I don't want to get into anything too serious here because we got Max coming up in a few minutes. Okay. What is something we've seen in the industry this week here that we want to talk about? We want to touch on. Just touch it. Just reach out and touch it. Just touch it? Just touch it. Uh, How, and we kind of covered this on the fantasy show, but since it didn't upload, nobody will hear it. (laughs) Now, I wasn't trying to do it. Hold on. Pause. 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 Oh. Oh. Let me just put this out here because I put a post up on YouTube, but I know some of you only listen and you don't see it on YouTube. We did record a fantasy show this week. We recorded it. Uh, there was an error with the, must be the audio recording on the memory card. Would not render in Premiere Pro. I use Premiere Pro. I'm an Adobe whore. Like, yeah, we I, I use that. Have had zero issues with it. Uh, would not render. I uninstalled, reinstalled Premiere Pro. Thought maybe that was it. Still didn't work. Uh, opened a whole new file and try to do the whole show all over again. Still didn't work. Rendered another video. That rendered just fine. So something in the audio file is corrupted and will not allow it to go past 80. It literally would go to 82% and then just freeze. So um, the as most of you know, the fantasy show usually gets done the way this show has been done for a few weeks here since we haven't had the studio put back together um, where we do basically audio only and we just throw up a, a graphic with all our sponsors and away we go. Uh, so it takes about five minutes to render and uh, it sat there for about five hours the other day and did nothing. Um, so needless to say, I do apologize. Now this is two weeks in a row here. We had scheduling conflicts and now this week we did record one uh, mm-hmm. and it didn't come out. So um, we are going to try again next week and uh, yeah, we'll try to make it happen. But needless to say, we did record a show and we did actually touch on some topics here. Um, so let's start with the uh, the first quick topic that we touched on here. And that's where um, I was going with this. Yep. Uh, so Kenny uh, has been riding outdoors. Yeah. Uh, confirmed. Sources on the ground. Yep. Have seen him. That's not an old video. Yep. Well, I didn't, you know, I kind of looked at it a little bit and like everybody else and kind of uh, evaluated that wasn't going to be an old video. Oh, 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 here we oh. go. Max right. from Dirt well, Bike Depot. Put that on hold. Pause. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Max from Dirt Bike Depot. Welcome to the Moto Aftermath hey. show, bud. How's it going? Dude, it's going great. We're live. We're recording. So make sure everything you say right now is in line <laughs> with what you want to say, because otherwise it's out. It's going to be out on the Internet, bro. It's out on the interweb. <laughs> Sounds good. Can you guys hear me all right? Yep. 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 We're good, man. We're good. So what is up with the Dirt Bike Depot? What's new in terms of the Dirt Bike Depot business? Give us all the good insights and then tell me how long it's going to take you to get me an actual star racing team jacket. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, everything, everything's been going well. Um, Supercross was good for us or has been good for us so far. Um, a lot of our guys are 
obviously putting in good results. Um, we we're we we're trying to be at at least all of the East Coast races, but just with a couple uh, logistical things, we've been able to kind of. I think we've been at like five or six races so far. Um, but yeah, no, everything's everything's going well. Business is going well. Um, our customers are seem pretty happy, and our inventory is coming in. And yeah, we can't really complain. Everything's been been going pretty well. Look, so here's the thing. You know I'm not a small dude, okay? I'm willing I'm willing to pay I'm willing to pay big money to get a plus size official legitimate star racing jacket because I'm blue crew now. So when you get the 2023 Honda though, are you going to chuck it and Dude, I don't know. I watched Jet win that title last night and I looked at Ashley and said, "Well, I guess I got to go back to a Honda now." Well, I mean, you know, we all knew you were just biding your time with the Yamaha. Uh, yeah. I know. Shut up. Shut up. So anyway, so Max, so you guys have had a couple uh we'll call it decent bigger signings this year i know you guys signed chiz pretty early on um brought him on the dirt bike depot team and then i know uh i believe if i'm correct a little later on we brought the uh heartthrob brandon Hartraft on uh how do you uh how do you go about landing some of those guys yeah i mean so the brandon deal was actually uh solidified before supercross started so we got that done a couple weeks before a1 and then the Chiz stuff was actually so so we've been like buddies with Chiz for a good amount of time now. Um, just you know, seeing him at test tracks around Florida and whatnot. Um, so we like once Anaheim started, we signed uh, we signed Brandon, had a couple good results with that, and all all, all of our guys were killing it. Um, we actually got into contact with Chiz about doing one of his um, weekly kind of like help uh, or. or title sponsored bike deals one of those things um and it was pretty much a whole it was kind of like a two-week process to kind of solidify everything once we started talking um and then of course he goes and absolutely kills it at daytona and before we can even you know keep that going he gets the star ride so it was it was honestly it was sick for us because we're kind of like the you know the last ones to be with him before he got that that deal of course he's obviously been on the 450 for a few races since then but yeah no he's he's on start right now obviously in 250 class he's been killing it so anything i mean stuff like that like when when we run into a situation like that i don't even like to call it a situation because it's i mean the dude is out of everybody that i can think of he probably deserves it the most um so no i was i was pumped when that happened of course we wanted to have him on for you know the rest of the year but you can't really can't really be mad when a dude like that gets into a situation you know with star so no we're we're pumped on it but yeah daytona was sick with him um obviously brandon's been killing it um yeah pretty much everybody who who we've been able to work with and help out has has really been killing it i think we had i think split between the 250 and 450 mains last night we had i want to say six or seven guys cool Um, so that was pretty much I mean, you can't really ask for anything better for uh, for or from our side. So yeah, we we're we we're pumped with that. Yeah, how many um how many pro guys do you do you guys back? Um, so so I'll start with the two fifty guys. Um, obviously Jack Chambers is one of our main guys. He runs helmets. Um, Blaze Cromaldi, who was in his rookie year uh, this year, rookie uh, Supercross season, he got hurt actually after round one, um, at a test track in Texas. So he was. Hmm. Our, our other main 250 guy, um, but he's obviously out for the season. He'll be back for outdoors. Kids wicked uh, fast Marshall outdoors. Marshall Walton is another. 
yeah, Marshall Walton's another 250 guy that we we help out here and there. And anytime we're at the races, he'll be with us. Um, let's see. And then in the 450 class, obviously we got Scott, um, Kevin, Brandon, um, Tristan Lane. We we help out here and there. He's he's a good buddy of ours too. Um, Chisholm, of course, before he got the the star ride. It, it's kind of it, it's always different. Um, we have, you know, the, the same group of guys pretty much week in, week out. And when we can, we'll help out some more guys. But we're, we're, we kind of, from last year, we kind of not limited it a little bit more, but we kind of pulled back on some things and, and went all in on, you know, guys like Brandon because we wanted to see a lot of consistent results. And it, it's paid off big time because, I mean, the dude's getting pretty much top tens or very close to the top ten each weekend. So, no, it's, it's been cool. It's been awesome. Brandon has had a super sneaky good season, and I know people, me and Travis talk about this all the time, the attrition rate. People are like, oh, you know, AC wasn't there, Kenny, Dylan, so on and so forth. But I've always said, like, you still got to go to these races and to say something that you made it through the season. And we kind of all, last year, I know that Brandon had some stuff going on with the team as far as, you know, bike situation, and we won't get into all that. But, like, I hope people realize how good of a season he has actually had, because I think his best finish is eighth, maybe ninth. I might be wrong on that, but I know it's... I know it's better than 10th, and mm-hmm. I just don't think that he's gotten talked enough this year, and I know that you know there's a lot of other stuff going on that people are talking about, so people are like, oh, it's okay, cool. But that dude, in my opinion, just because I remember watching him as an amateur a lot, he's just one of those guys that's just not flashy. He's just a grinder. He just grinds out motos, makes it through, and I think this summer, I know he had a really good end of last summer. I think he is going to put a lot of – he's going to open up a lot of eyes this summer, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't, I really couldn't agree more. Like, it it it's obviously a seventeen round series, but to be in it to fight whatever, like you could be, you could say, you know, five, three or four or five guys or, or the top ten guys are out, maybe more, whatever it is. But I mean, you get paid to race, you get, you know, your results come from races, and I mean, the dude's been battling in every single race, and obviously, it's awesome for us to have a guy who we can you know, pretty consistently rely on getting a top 10, especially somebody, you know, as genuine and nice of a guy mm-hmm. as Brandon is. Um, no, yeah, it's just, it's cool when, you know, guys like that, that we're able to help out, you know, obviously it's, it's a, it's an honor for us to be able to help out Brandon. So to see his results, you know, reflect and for him to be happy, it, it, it makes us happy. And that's all we can really ask for. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, totally agree. Now you do you guys do a lot on the amateur side too. How many amateur guys do you have that you guys back? Yeah, so that's kind of where we at least in this year we cut it down a little bit just because we were helping out so many kids. Um and obviously you know how expensive it it is when you're racing, you know, the biggest amateur nationals. So Oh yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah. um we we had so before this season obviously we had Blaze in the A class, so he was our A class guy. Um but right now we have Blaze, oh, sorry, Blaze, uh, Ivan Aldama. He's a 250B and Schoolboy 2 uh, rider. Um, yeah, that kid that kid shreds. We've known him for a, a while. I kind of grew up, we grew up at the same track down south, or down south in, in South Florida. So he's kind of our, our premier amateur kid right now. Um, he runs our helmets. And then we just picked up another uh, 250B and Schoolboy 1 kid. His name is Jackson Driscoll. Uh, he, I think he just got a fourth at Daytona in the 250B class. So that kid, the kid rips too. Um, but yeah, no, we, we help out a lot of amateurs that it kind of goes unnoticed when it comes to the amateur side, because obviously it's not, you know, the big televised stuff. 
Um, but they do, you know, we help them out with discount codes and all that stuff. And they'll, they'll, they'll run some of our logos at some, some races and whatnot. But yeah, the amateur side, we kind of limited a, a little bit just because we're not really at many of those amateur races, um, except, you know, Daytona and Gatorback, the local ones to us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as the amateur side goes, we're, we're big on Ivan and, and all of us believe in him and the kid shreds and, I mean, it's it's only a matter of time before he starts winning races. I think I think Aldana has a real shot if he can stay healthy to win because he's doing Schoolboy Two and both B Stock and Mod, right? Yeah, I think he has a real shot of winning Schoolboy Two class at Loretta's. Depending on, you know, obviously you don't, you know, people think Deegan's going to be in the class, but I think that he's going to go both B Mod classes. I think Aldana has a real shot to winning Schoolboy Two at Loretta's, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean he's. He's, I mean, those classes are so stacked up from, you know, first to almost like 15th. It's mm-hmm. almost like any kid who gets, you know, top five, top 10 start could, could work their way up in battle. But, I mean, the kid's proven time and time again that he rips. He hangs with all those, you know, factory kids. He's, yeah. not, he's not on factory equipment. He's on a great bike. He's got, he's got a good program, and he trains at Tyler Rattray's in Florida. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it's literally only a matter of time before that kid's up on the, the top seven of the podium. He had a couple podiums at minios in supercross and outdoors i think if i if i remember correctly um and yeah no we got some cool stuff coming with him too in the future so yeah we're we're excited to to keep working with him that's awesome sweet um now were you at uh were you at foxborough yesterday no unfortunately not okay well, yeah, I mean, no one can blame me. It's the Northeast. I mean, <laughs> she is. Hey, man, if we would have went there, though, we could have got lobster dinner, apparently. Well, yeah, apparently, yeah. So, um, All right, so you watched it from the couch like the rest of us then. So big question for you, and me and Justin have been arguing about this since yesterday. Did Jet let Forkner win that race? So I'll be totally honest. I I didn't even watch the racing yesterday. God damn it, Rick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was too caught up just trying to get um, – not behind on orders from this week and whatnot. Um, I did watch a little bit of the highlights and I watched some of the, the heats. So I can't answer on the main. Um, but if it looked like he let him by, he probably did. I think that kid is so much smarter than he was last year mm-hmm. in terms of like his race mentality. Yeah. Um, and he knows that like if it's up to Forkner, Forkner's going to, in my opinion, send him over a turn if he can. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, I like I said, I didn't watch it. I, I'll, I'll have to go back and watch it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he let him by, especially if he knew he was clinching in at that race. Well, so I won't ruin it all. Okay, I'm going to ruin it for you because <laughs> you said you've watched the, the highlights and stuff anyway. So it wasn't yeah. so much that he let him by. Forkner was ahead of him the whole race. Um, but Jet was very uh, – if you watch the heats, you saw Jet start in the heat. Very tentative wasn't gonna go flying into that first corner and get day. yeah get cleaned out uh he did the same thing in the main and basically came from the back and when he got to Forkner he essentially just kept pushing Forkner along uh there were many a corners in my opinion and again like I said me and Justin here have been arguing about this since yesterday uh he would literally be right on Forkner's rear wheel and just like slow down and be like all right dude like come on let's go and they I mean dude they made up eight seconds, 10 seconds on Pierce Brown and RJ over the course of, you know, five, six laps. Um, I mean, big chunks mm-hmm. out per lap. And you watch Jet, and it was like, 
uh, the way I put it yesterday was he was riding a practice track on a Tuesday in November for his warm up moto. Like just the most ridiculous, like I'm not even trying to go this fast. And then at one point he had like a brain fart and like kind of tried to get by Forkner. Uh, and then him and Fortner started playing a little cat and mouse. And all of a sudden he had a brain fart again and went, what the fuck am I doing? I'm about to win this title unless Fortner puts me on the ground and I can't get up. Like this is, dumb. which I think that whole thing might be kind of over and done with. I think that those two have a mutual respect now, especially considering what happened to both of them. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that they're best buds and they're going and wakeboarding together, but like, I think the whole, and they even touched this on the broadcast, the whole thing that happened in 2020, I think that that got blown out of proportion. Jet was a rookie that year. Obviously, Fortner yeah. did, you know, his head was still in his ass. I think that now, I think that there's a mutual respect. And I think that they're going to obviously have battles outdoors and stuff, you know, at certain times. But I think the days of us thinking that those two are going to tee off on each other, I think that that's way in the rearview mirror. I think that Jet, too mature for that now. He's got two titles. And Fortner realizes that he's got to get his shit together if he wants that 450 ride. And I don't think he's going to jeopardize it by doing being something stupid. So I hate to break it to anybody that thought fireworks going to happen between those two, but I think that those days are over with. Now maybe we get to the 450 class and things change, but yeah, I don't, I don't think those two are out for blood anymore. I think that that's done and over with. Look, we all know Jet's way better than Fork. I wouldn't say way better, but I would say that he's obviously better. I don't like think ninety five percent better. I don't think so. I, right. I don't. I, he he's obviously better. He's got two titles. That that's all you need to know. Max, I don't know if you can tell, but Justin is a big Jet hater. I'm not a Jet dude. I told you about Jet Lawrence before you even know who Jet Lawrence was. Look, if you remember correctly, me, I was the one who was hyping and, Jet and, up. Me and Jet have been okay. eating donuts and Anyways. hanging out for years. And okay. I'm also the one who brought Hunter Lawrence's attention to you guys. Oh yeah, I know. I so know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any. I don't hate Jet. I don't hate any of these guys. It's just I, I told you what I said last night. I'm I'm over the everybody acting like this kid is a one of a kind, which he is very. He's very talented. He's going to win a lot of titles and a lot of races, but he's not the first ever kid at 17 and 18 to win a title. You know, Trey did it, Stu did it, Ricky did it, Pastrana did it, I think RV missing, did it. I think you're missing the boat here because a lot of us that are on the jet train are not even talking titles at this point. But see, but his, I think that you his need... race craft and his race knowledge is just so years above any of these other kids that are in that class. Yes, I don't disagree with you at all. Okay, and I, and I think that when I... And we're kind of not letting Max talk, but the last thing I'll say is I think that you're missing me actually giving him credit by me talking about the titles and the wins. Because you guys may not be talking about it, but I am. I'm acknowledging the fact that this kid's going to win a lot of races and a lot of titles. But what I want people to hear is he's not the first kid to do this. We've seen this a lot of times. Go back and look at RV's first three years as a professional. He won like four out of six championships that he entered. And the only reason he didn't win five out of six is because he had a bike malfunction at one of the races. So he almost won five out of the first six championships he competed in. So it's not like Jet's doing something that we've never seen before. I, so I'm just I'm sick of everybody talking about Jet, Jet, Jet. It's disrespectful to other guys when you're just talking about him. But I'm not saying that the kid is not going to be great. He's obviously already great. And that's the last thing I'll say about that. And yeah, so let Max talk now. Whatever he has to say. Because <laughs> we're just talking. Whatever Max has we're to just, say, Max, we're just please say it. We're just talking as if he's not even there. So yeah, he can go. Yeah, ahead no, I, I, I like listening. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big listener. I like to hear what everybody else has to say too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, to kind of touch on that, like I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. He's not the first, you know, young kid to come in and win races, win a title. But 
as long as I can remember watching, and I, I'm, I'm still pretty, I'm, I'm pretty young in the industry. Um, I've never seen at least somebody at this age kind of market himself, whether it's him, his agent, whatever it is, like, like being in the pits at these races and seeing kind of like what he brings and the new crowd that he brings. And I mean, you got people that they, they see him and they like, I've, I've seen it pretty much at every race. I've seen at least probably two to three people standing at his pit. He'll come walk outside. They'll get a picture with him. And then they, they start bawling, crying. Like he, <laughs> there's just a, there's like a new fan base almost that he's brought in, whether it's from, you know, just him being, you know, a, a stud in general, whatever it is, how he races, whatever. But I think the kid, love him or hate him, you know, want him to win or not, the kid is really good for the sport. I think oh, both yeah. him and Hunter are really good for the sport. Um, and, and I think it almost gives you, at least when I'm watching Jet and Hunter, it gives me that same vibe as I get when I'm watching, you know, like a new kid in F1, like a Lando <laughs> Norris kind of kid in F1, where, you know, the kid is, obviously Lando Norris isn't going and dominating races, but you just bring in that new fan base and it kind of gives me that like that, that superstar vibe that I haven't kind of felt in a while when I watch these races or when I'm at these races, you know, other than someone like James Stewart. Can I, uh, can I digress from moto for a second? Since he just brought oh, up God, F1. Here we go. Hey buddy, are you <laughs> going to uh, the F1 race in Miami in two weeks? So I, I, I actually graduate from school. Um, from college, May 6th. Oh. I think the race is like the day after. Oh, no. So, yeah, I was supposed to get uh, graduation or, or tickets as a graduation present. And then we we're looking at the pricing. And oh, yeah. I think, it was, I think it was like, I don't know, three or four grand just to like be there pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's going to be a nightmare. So I'm going to stay as far away from South Florida as I can that weekend. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd like to go. Um, it would probably be sick, but no, I at least not this year. I won't be there. Well, hey, let's go to Vegas. We're next going year. to Vegas next year, <laughs> dude. We, it's funny because yeah, me and Travis, not. we were actually talking about when this schedule came out last year and this was announced about the whole Miami thing, and then obviously started looking at tickets and like, holy shit, you know? And yeah, I think I think the first time you came to me, it was like six or seven hundred dollars for tickets, and, it and just I kept went, addressing. nope, uh-uh, I'm yeah. out. I mean, yeah, when you're looking at experience, even for the Haas team, which all credit to them, like they're killing it this year. They did really well today with both Magnuson and Schumacher. Like their experience was like eight grand, and I'm like, yeah, like if you have the money, it would definitely be worth it. But I'm like, eight thousand dollars is quite a bit of fucking money. It's already going to be a lot of money to be in Miami for however long. So yeah, but Vegas next year. Yeah, Vegas. And they'll be in Miami again next year, too, so. Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this, but it'll, I think it'll be a shit show, too, down in Miami. Oh, yeah, oh, 100%. Dude. First off, you can curse all you want to. <laughs> and, uh, yes, it will be a shit show down there. I am actually curious to see. How uh, many eight balls of cocaine do you think people go through <laughs> on that week? Well, I was just about to say that. I'm actually curious to see, with especially the area of where the track's going to be. There's got to be $10 billion worth of cocaine down there for that <laughs> race alone. Well, I'm... I, I'm wondering what the like what they're going to be shit like when you pan through the crowd for the TV, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff that they might have to try to not see what's going on, because dude, it's going to be it's going to big gonna, boobs, big fake boobs, big fake boobs. <laughs> no, it's, I mean it, what's funny too is I don't know if you guys have ever been down to that area. Nope. Like they're calling it the Miami Grand Prix, mm-hmm. but it's it's not really even in Miami in the area where 
you know Dolphin Stadium is where they're yep. racing around is you know it's not the it's not the prettiest place. It's mm-hmm. not like a <laughs> like a luxury area of, of South Florida. It's pretty it's a pretty interesting area. So I don't I don't know if they're gonna you know have those helicopter views where they show the beautiful oh definitely yeah stuff. definitely <laughs> yeah they're gonna have to uh, the cameraman's gonna have his uh, hands full on trying to not show certain things during the broadcast dude it's gonna be just like fucking the las vegas one next year let's face it other than them mm-hmm. going down the strip the rest of it's gonna be just shit well i think the one thing that the loss and maybe i might be wrong this might subject to change because of we're still a year away but the miami one is at three o'clock in the afternoon whereas i think the vegas one is going to be a night race yeah because obviously i mean miami i don't know what the temperature is down there but obviously we all know it's fucking hot there but vegas obviously it's it's going to be the temperature is also going to be quite a bit bad, so I think that they're going to move that to a night race. So it might not be as bad. You might be able to kind of you know blur some things out, but yeah, it's not going to be great for the first two new Look, big I, races. I just want to get a room on the strip where I can just see the strip, and I'll just sit there and watch the race. It's fun, dude. That's like the race. And we're getting off track, but I've, that was like the race today in Emilia Romagna, like the old school houses. There's people just sitting on their houses, like just watching the fucking. The race as it goes through and i'm like oh i'm like i wonder how much it costs to live in that house right there next to one of the most premier f1 tracks in the world <laughs> probably less than you think maybe i mean it depends I, those houses have been there for a while i don't know anyway f1 love it anyway all right back on back on this moto track so max who do you think has a bigger fan base uh deegan or jet <laughs> um probably right well, I don't know because the I mean the Deegan's YouTube is pretty I was about to say pretty pretty diehard clan on I think YouTube. Deegan. I don't know. I, I think Deegan. I hate to say that. Because I'm but not a I'm not a fan. I'm not a firm believer in hate. Do you Deegan. think people are falling down after Deegan signs their shirt and crying? No, but yeah, Hayden Deegan is also probably, a child. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just asking. I no, just no, ask no. the questions. This is my job is to stir the pot and then just walk away. Here here's the real big question is is who do you think when it's all said and done is gonna make more money? Because we know that Hayden Deegan's not going to make most of his money off winning titles and championships when he goes pro. It's going to be the other shit. I don't know. That's a good one because Mertz is killing it. He is. For, oh, he he is. Jet. He is. I definitely don't disagree with that. But I can't wait to get some Jets and Donuts in me. What? What did you say? He has a donut company. I know that, but like... Why, like why'd, you say, why'd you some oh, at some point? Why'd you say it like that? Shut up. Why couldn't God, you just say you? I'm ready to eat some jet? Never oh mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Max, you been riding it all, man? Um, I've been riding here and there. Um I don't know if I ever told you but or if I told you when it happened or whatever, but about I think a little over six months ago I broke both of my wrists. Ow. Um, yeah, so that was that sucked. But I've been riding here and there. Um I've just been so busy with, you know, DVD and being at races and stuff like that and I don't know I kind of only ride for fun or if I or if, or if my my buddies drag me out or if I can whatever but I was trying to ride this weekend um and yesterday I I overslept so didn't ride yesterday and then I was gonna ride today and you know just got a little lazy and just started doing some other work so but no I, I've, I've been riding a little bit when I can I do yeah yeah, I hear you, man. Building a company is a big pain in the ass. Takes up all the time. Plus school for you, so that's a double negative. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to not having to have the school stuff and then I'll I'll get back on to the riding stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm shooting for June. I'm hoping to get the bikes out of the trailer by June. Is it is it cold where you are? No, we it's actually so it's been it's been about in the mid 40s, but it's been raining a lot. Yesterday was like 70 something or 80 and sunny, uh, but it's real wet. And today's been pretty good. It's been in like the 60s and just kind of sprinkling on and off. The big thing for us up here is rain. So yeah, we're right. about to get a lot of it. But we had what do we have? Two weeks ago, St. Louis weekend, there was a Loretta's qualifier at a place snow. called Log Road. They had snow, and then this weekend was the Redbud Loretta's qualifier. So. I don't know. Just hopefully it's not snowing when we do the camp. Yeah, the tracks are open, but uh, it's sporadic at this point. So, but I'm just I'm the same way as you. I'm just busy with shit. So, getting out to ride is uh yeah a, a very very wanna, big privilege. You don't want to go and get your uh, your Loretta's tickets. Uh yeah no I'm out man oh boy I'm, I'm out <laughs> I'm I'm way out on that have you have you seen their new thing where you can now become a uh what is a regional you can be champion? a regional champion but if you're not going to Loretta so you yes. can still pay the money to go to regionals go through regionals but this is like you can win a and I do an air quotes a championship but it's not really even recognized by anybody yeah I I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah well you see you know the guy that runs the ama and i see the ama not mx sports kind of a real dick bag <laughs> jesus christ so uh yeah what it, what do you think about this new world supercross thing max i mean i i i know it's i've i've been hearing a couple like rumors here and there when i'm at races and whatnot um it sounds it sounds cool just i mean so many of these dudes have in their contracts, they have to race obviously Supercross and outdoors. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think the World Supercross stuff would kind of interfere with outdoor races. Yes, yes. So I don't know. I I see a lot of guys who maybe don't have an outdoor or or, or, or Supercross only would would definitely be doing it. But I also think it's a great opportunity for you know privateer dudes who aren't in a a contract like that to where you know they can go and maybe not win, but make some more money than they would racing outdoors. I, I think anything that can get the sport on like a bigger scale and more eyes and whatever is, is beneficial. But I also don't know, you know, I've, I've heard the stupid rumors about where the money's coming from. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be legit. I don't know if, you know, if you win, are you going to get paid and stuff like that? Whatever the case is, but Saudi money. I don't know, whatever, yeah, whatever is going to get the sport, to, to more eyes and bigger and turn it into i mean my i always tell everybody who i talk to about like you know what why the sport doesn't blow up like it should whatever i think until it gets to the point where you know f1 is at and i, I bring up f1 because i i think dirt bike racing is badass and i think it could get to where f1 is um but until it's like that i don't i don't know i feel like anything world whatever 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 you want to call it just to get more eyes is the biggest thing and if it's going to get more eyes then i think it's badass from what's what, your opinion from what i've heard about all this stuff and i've i've dove pretty deep into this because i'm pretty excited about it travis is all about supercross hates outdoors <sighs> if yeah i'm not a big outdoor fan either thank you uh, i am so <laughs> fuck you guys yeah no one cares about you um if the world supercross thing is what they say it is, which is the payouts are what they say they are and they get paid. They do the 10 teams, two riders per each class on a team. Uh, they, they, everything is what they say it is, where it essentially is going to be the Formula One 
of dirt bike racing. I think it's going to do very, very well. I will say that the guys that are in charge of it, um, from what I know from just from looking at the outside and not knowing any of them, uh, all seem like very smart, well-off individuals who can make this thing happen um, as long as the people putting the money up are there and they sound pretty confident in it. So I'm kind of, I'm very excited about it, but I'm also in a very wait and see mood with it because like this first year here, they're going to do it, but it's only going to be five or six rounds. It's going to be like September through November. Uh, they're not going to coincide with, uh, like designations and stuff. They're going to keep that schedule open for that. Um, whatever. Uh, but next year when they go into their full schedule, that's supposed to be at least 10 rounds and all this shit like that. I'm going to be very interested to see. And like through some of the podcasts, I don't know what you're hearing in the pits there. Um, cause I know you're much more connected through the pits than we are from what I'm hearing throughout the, throughout some of the podcast stuff I'm listening to some of the names I've heard thrown around. as like guys who are like, yo, let's talk about this and see what we can make happen. Like Cooper Webb, Jason Anderson, obviously Justin Brayton. Uh, I think you got to throw Vince. I think you got to throw the Moto Concepts team, yeah. the whole team in there. I think the I, I would be highly surprised if Moto Concepts doesn't have a team in it. Well, the one thing I'll say, and we talked about this on the way down to St. Louis, is the biggest thing that from my pers- like my my thinking on all of this is because you know how I am. Like I'm old school. I'm diehard. I'm a motocross guy. Like Supercross, okay, cool. But like, but to see this make it, to make it work is we have to see the top some top GP guys mm-hmm. because like we talked about, if we just have a bunch of Americans over there, they can slap World on there. But it's basically just an extension of our yep. series. Now we've also talked about, and you know, you know, I follow the GP series pretty heavily. That there's going to be certain guys you're just not going to get to do it. You're not going to get Roman Fevra. You're not going to get Hurlings. Geyser probably, but I doubt it because he already makes so much money through just his outdoor contract. He doesn't really need to go ride Supercross or a version of Supercross. But if you can get a Jorge Prado, you can get a Jeremy Sewer. You need to get top GP guys to make it a world, and I do it air quotes, a world Supercross series. Because if you just have a Cooper Webb, a Jason Anderson, a Justin Brayton, people are like, oh, like it's in different parts of the world, but we're literally just watching AMA, we're, we're just yeah. watching Supercross. And well, so that's so the biggest thing in my eyes. The next thing we're supposed to see, from my understanding, is we're supposed to see the teams announced, like mm-hmm. the actual teams. Isn't like, this you supposed know, to be MCR. I think the first part of May. From yeah. from the last thing I heard on a on the Gypsy Tales was they were having a meeting at the end of April with all the team applications that they had and all the big wigs in it were going to sit down, figure out what teams they wanted to accept in and bring them in as partners and go from there. So I think the next thing we're going to hear is that very quickly followed by um, the schedule for this year, which I think like that I said, is going to be five to six rounds. I think so, I'm more interested in the locations compared to the teams. We'll see. I know that that's like not really – a lot of people aren't going to look at that and go, oh, like, who cares? But to me, just knowing what – understanding how hard the logistics of making a world Supercross compared to a national Supercross is, Yep. I'm just more curious about where these locations going to be because for all of our viewers that are listening that don't know this, stadiums over in other parts of the world compared to over here where it's the norm, the only time that you see stadiums is for soccer. 
Mm-hmm. Like you don't see just random stadiums all over the place. So I'm just more curious is are all these locations that we're going to just where they play soccer at? Because like, like I said, places like, and I'll just say this for Michigan people, Van Andel, those don't exist. Yeah. Over in Europe and parts of the well, other. Hey, we could go to the Cathedral of Speed, bro, and do an outdoor supercross at a fucking racetrack. You could. But see what I'm saying? Like, I, the team's thing, okay, cool. Like, that is obviously the biggest part of it. But I'm just more curious is, is where do these lock these locations up? Because once again, kind of like in football in our country, mm-hmm. if, it, if it goes against a soccer game, it's not happening. No. It does not matter how much money they throw. They're not going to have fucking dirt bike races over a soccer match. Yeah, and I don't know when the soccer season's going to And I don't know either. Game. I know that they pretty much play all year long because they got 10 million different leagues. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm just curious, where are we going? I don't know. Because like if we're going to we'll find a out. bunch of different places in like France, then I'm like, oh, oh we're okay, not going there. We're okay, not going but bunch, what bunch what I was different places there. What I was gonna say is is that if we end up going into like three places in France and like two places in Belgium, I'm going okay. They have still some work to do because nah, they couldn't it ain't secure be that much. You're so one of the things that they said, and here we are. We're talking a bunch and not let Max talk. Yeah, uh, they, they, <laughs> sorry about that. They no, have, you guys know more. You guys know way more about this than I do. They have analytics is mm-hmm. one of the things they've talked about because uh, I believe Steve from Pulp MX interviewed him, and they were like, he was like, well, what makes you different than like when Feld or whoever tried to mm-hmm. do it here in the early two thousands? They were like, well, we have analytics over obviously Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of this shit that we can look at and go, yeah. okay, there is. 10 million people in fucking this part of Brazil that mm. are into fucking Supercross. Yep. We can go there and sell out a heavy. fucking stadium. Motocross okay? is heavy in Brazil. I think you're going to see, and this is just my opinion, again, we won't see, you're going to see South America, whether we go to Brazil, Jorge something Prados, like that. Yep. <laughs> South America, you're going to see, obviously, one, if not two, in the U.S., uh, possibly Canada, uh, I believe Australia for sure, somewhere in Europe. I think you're going to see India. Yeah, because India is going to be big. They have two Indonesian rounds yes. in the GPs. So India, possibly a China one. I could see Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I was going to say, and then I think because if it's coming be from Saudi in the, money in the Middle East, yeah. one or two places too. So you're going to have to hit all your all your points. Yes. all your big places yep. throughout. Yeah. So. But that's just my opinion. Hopefully, we'll do something cool, maybe like Japan or something. That would be, be cool. fucking cool. They, that'd be cool because so. I used to go to Japan way back in the '90s, even yep. the '80s for the GPs and stuff. That's I'm just like I said. That to me, I'm super curious where these locations are because if we get there and we're like, and this is no disrespect to when they go to Indonesia, but that track is just a shit show. Oh, you want to know something? I didn't think Hawaii. They did that Hawaii Supercross a few years ago. <sighs> that'd be real tough, though. For spectators, at least, dude. Do you know how many people would go to Hawaii to watch oh, Supercross? I think sick. it'd be cool, but like I said, I'm just curious where we're going because if it like if 90 percent of the first you know rounds are kind of in like shitholes, yeah. Like okay, they still got to iron some things out. But if we end up going to like some big known locations, I'm like, dude, they already have this shit ready to go, and they're just like teasing us with it. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll see. Anyway, all right, Max. Two more questions for you, bud, and then we'll let you go here. Number one. Yep. Do we see hurlings this summer? In uh, in outdoors? Oh yeah. Keep in mind, he just got cleared to ride. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still enough time for him to figure out figure it out. Um, obviously, I think I saw Cairoli was good to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, I I mean, I I think so. I think it would be cool. I, 
I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think when he came here, those couple races, I think he won one of them, right? Yeah. He, he I, won three out of four motos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he comes. Um, maybe he's a round or two late, if anything, but I think he definitely does race, and especially with how much fan you know <laughs> engagement that would get to. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that would be sick. And kind of to touch on what you guys are saying with the World Supercross stuff, I mean, if you combine all those guys, like, you know, the Coopers and the Tomacs with the the other guys, like the GP guys and Supercross, I think, I think any time you're combining guys like that, it gets more eyes on the sport. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have, obviously, you already have Cairoli doing it, I, I think it would be fucking sick. But yeah, yeah. I, to answer your question, long story short, yeah. I think he does show up, and I think he probably dominates when he when he races. <laughs> I, okay. I think a lot of people, and I'm I'm a big hurlings guy, big GP guy. I think a lot of people are on board with that, and I think that people are really looking forward to that with way what e, form Eli's in right now, and then obviously Dylan and you know Anderson looking really good on the Cowie. And the last thing before you, the last question for Max, the last thing I'll say on this, I really hope that they market this correctly if they know that hurlings is coming over, because if we don't see a lot of just in your face shit about hurlings and i know that they won't do this because they don't want to cause drama but if they're smart they would hurlings versus the usa or whatever because it's literally a one-time thing yep dude you're the biggest you love social media you know how oh, yeah. fucking, if they don't do it that way they're stupid they're stupid like they're absolutely stupid mm-hmm. that would be the biggest drop of the ball that they could ever make if they don't market this correctly yep. and i'm not a social media guy but even i know that the way how much attention they could bring to the outdoor series it'll get a ton of attention without doing anything period just to yes. start just and then and full stop if they don't market it as hurlings versus the us it's fucking dumb <laughs> it's fucking stupid because, because you're not going to get this again oh yeah every fuck especially redbud weekend oh yeah every oh, fucking round yeah Dude. usa chance all day exactly. baby Exactly, and then they'll be in his face, but obviously everybody here will still respect hurlings, but in the moment, they're U.S. pride. Yep. And then you think about the fact of American, and we're just going to say Eli for the sake, American and Eli, a Dutchman in hurlings, I think Kyrilli will still be around then, an Italian, and then a Frenchman in Dylan. Dude, it just... It's a world championship. It's a world fucking championship. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. So, um, yeah, all right, Matt, cool. last question for you, buddy. Uh, yeah. What is what is the future of Dirt Bike Depot? Yeah, I mean, so we we got some big stuff in the in the in the works. Um, moving out of where we're at now, um, expanding. Uh, we're working working on coming to some some deals with a couple other companies to kind of bring something to Florida that I don't think has ever really been inside Florida. Um, Obviously, can't give out too many details about that, but yeah, no, it's just the uh, the same old, same old. We're gonna try and stick to what we, you know, do best, which is sell cool shit and sell it for good prices and help people out. And I mean, yeah, just kind of gonna try to keep doing what we're doing and see how how long we can take or or how far we can take it and how big we can grow. And I think the uh, I say it every time, but I think the takeovers it, it's coming and it's coming quick. Um, we just hired a couple guys to work with us. Um, yeah, the, the expansion is going to be pretty cool. Uh, we're working on getting a new site put together. Just have to get some more time on my hands and the guys who are, are helping us. But, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of cool shit coming, um, a lot of cool inventory coming. That, that stuff is always cool to post, and everyone obviously loves that stuff. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I, we got some, some things in the works and obviously some ideas we want to go through with and hopefully it all gets together and it can go as planned and we can make some, some cool stuff happen. Sweet. Awesome. Hey, for real. I need to start racing Jack. Oh though. my God. Yeah. He, yeah, he won't <laughs> shut up about this. I do. I was, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do. I'll pull some strings and I'll 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 see what I can do. Wow, bro, pull some strings. <laughs> I, I, I need an XL. The terminology on that should make you feel special. He does have actual strings to pull. Unlike me, I would just say that and be like, yeah, I don't know who the fuck I'm gonna call. But <laughs> yeah, I need an XL, bro. And yeah, I like I'm I'm willing to pay a little extra for it here. I'll use my discount code. <laughs> Even if yeah, it's like no, a, I mean, you, I'm kidding. You, I'm kidding. You got it. You got to use it. You know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah. But no. I do. I do need one because we we've been we've been laughing at me at all the races I go to because I wear Geico Honda stuff all the time. And he just gets still. it pointed out every time. You know that's you the, know they're you know they're not around. And I say, and then, well, it's vintage now. And then so. I just say that Mike Grandal appreciates it. So. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, we we decided at like St. Louis that I probably should have some star racing stuff. So until you get the new Honda. Shut up, Justin. Yeah, I mean, you you see the stuff you see the stuff that comes on the site. Um, there's some there's some cool shit that comes in. Look, man, you don't even if you get an XL Star Racing jacket, you don't even got to list it on the site. Just fucking text me and be like, hey, I got one. <laughs> Just give him a Here's number. Here's what it is. Just give him a I'll number. Be like, all right, dude, let me fucking let me send you the card info, and then boom, we're on it. It'd be a weird thing. You just send him a number. He just card info <laughs> comes through. It's real hush hush. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like dealing drugs. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to see what I can do for you. All right. Thanks, buddy. So, all right. Max from Dirt Bike Depot, everyone. Max, thanks for calling in, Thank bud. You. We appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk. Are you coming up for Designations this year? Are you going to come uh, come party or what? I mean, I might have to. I, I haven't been to a, uh, a Red Bud yet, so I might oh, have to. Oh, fuck me. Holy shit. Holy <laughs> fuck. And then the Designations. I mean, dude. This will be my fourth one that I've been to, and 2018, even with the rain fest that we had, was fucking crazy. We didn't even drink that weekend. Yeah, we didn't. And even it drink was so great. If we, dude, I'll tell you what, if the Swedes are there again, they're gonna win the weekend. I mean, we saw boobs. We saw fucking all motorhomes like burying themselves in the mud. Yeah, we saw was, Mercedes Benz driving through there. We it was saw a good time. It was oh, a good it was time. crazy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta come up for Desnations, bro. It'll be a good weekend. Great time. You guys gotta come down to Florida too soon. Oh yeah, uh, December. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think he meant like anything moto related. Well, okay, yeah, man. I mean, we're 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 coming. We're going to Disney in uh, when is it? December? December sixth through the thirteenth or something like that. Yeah. We're gonna be down there. So, so we'll be in Central Florida in December. Sounds good. Yeah, that's where that's where we're at. So we'll have Sweet. to uh, grab a eat or something. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, all right, buddy. Well, thank you. We thank appreciate you. it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem. Take it easy. All right, Max from Dirt Bike Depot, everybody. Never met him, but seems like a real good dude. Dude, the first time I met him, he just whipped my ass in go-karts. Like, knowing the little bit that I do about the Dirt Bike Depot and knowing how big it's gotten, like, I, and just listening to him, I would have thought he was, like, closer to our age. But he's, like, what is he, in his mid-20s? Yeah, he's younger. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, good for him, man. Killing it. Yeah. Killing it. That's awesome. Yep. Like, that's mad. Finishing up school. I didn't think he liked me at first. Why? I don't know. When I first met him. He didn't talk to me a whole lot. Oh, that was during the indie thing with Kev, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Then um, we went to dinner and all everything got I, I had to ask him, I was like, all right, tell me about dirt bike. This was before I even knew what dirt bike depot was. And I was like, all right, dude, 
what the fuck do you do? How do you do it? And tell me all the details. And then he started opening up, and then boom, 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 and that's, and then now we're working together Is, um, and working on some stuff. So Was Kev one of his uh, very first sightings? Or I don't Scott? remember. No, I think, I don't remember. I don't know. But anyways, man, mad props to him, going through school, finishing up school. That's awesome, being that young. Uh, that's That's something to look like to aspire to that's sick yep yep so all right good info from him let's see here did you text uh scott yesterday with a big thumbs up making that main i did not that was a sick lcq though yeah it was uh no i didn't because i didn't watch the race in oh real yeah, time. yeah 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 uh, the only thing i watched was i watched uh 450 heat one because i took a break i was outside doing something I took a break. I went inside and sat down and flipped it on, and I watched 450 Heat. I actually popped it on, saw that uh, Chiz had won the second Heat, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're which trying, was wild. We're trying not to go too deep into this yeah. before we get Kev on, but, like, yeah, dude, good for Scott, man. Good and, for fucking Scott. Yeah, and then, and then saw and then watched 450 Heat 1 and went, huh, well, that's... Really makes me wonder... Um, Obviously, he's making more money doing the 450 shit, just making the night show than doing 250 stuff. But as well as he's doing on that 250 of his in the 450 yeah. class, it really makes me wonder like how he would have done 250 East. Yeah. Like I, where he would have stacked up. I assume he will probably actually ride a 450 next year. That's my Oh, for sure. Assumption. It's just impressive that he's both of the mains that he's made has been on yeah. a 250F. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, But yeah. That was good. Good for him. That's awesome. I know that yep. when we had him on, that was the one thing he wanted. He wanted to get in one more time before the Supercross season ended. So, yep. Good for him. All right. Um, I guess let's start. We'll see when Kev texts me back here because we got Kevin Moran's coming up to talk about his race, too. Uh, let's just get into this 450, uh, 450 results here. All right. All right. So, 450 race recap here uh, brought to you by our friends at. JT Cycle, serving Battle Creek, Michigan for over 30 years, stopping to check out their full selection of Beta, Gas Gas, Husky, and Suzuki motorcycles and Power Sports products. Need something for around the house to help keep things nice and trimmed up? They have that, too, with a full lineup of Echo, Aaron's, Gravely, and Simplicity. Visit JTCycle.com or follow them on Instagram at JTCycleBC. What? You, you didn't even tell me you got those in, you did. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, Pur yeah. Purple set of Renthal Fucking bars. Fucking purple set of Renthal Twin Walls. Man, I got I them wish, yesterday, bro. I wish we had camera right now. Those things are dope. Oh, yeah. Do they fucking... Yeah, we'll check them out after this. Those so. things are sick. Yeah. Yeah. No, they came yesterday. I did just you, finished did you, cycling. Did you? Did you? When they came in, did you? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't come when they came in yesterday. That was later. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> Giggity. Okay. All right, cool. So 450 class here. Um, so we roll into Foxborough. Tomac wants to wrap the title up. He said this. He wants to wrap the title up in Foxborough two rounds early. Um, goes out. Goes out. Well, first off, that track. Garbage. Fucking moon dust and rocks. Marbly as shit. Loose as shit. Dude. And the transitions, and we'll have to have Kev elaborate on this a little bit more because obviously he wrote Very it. peaky. Well, did you notice how weird it was? And they were talking about this during the qualifying show of like how hard it was is to just get into a groove. So the one thing I noticed is it's at the beginning of the rhythm sections. No, obviously no transition rolling into the faces, huge lips, but you couldn't get the drive forward. So you're stretching it out. And then when you landed, you had no momentum. And then the face would the next face to like keep the rhythm going would be flat. So you'd go from no momentum and then driving forward, but then no lift. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck designed this track? 
I don't know. It was very weird. It seemed very notchy, not very flowy per se. No. Um, some of the guys in the post-race interviews that I heard said they did like it strictly for the fact of it kind of slowed everyone down. Oh, yeah. They said it was very steep. Um, the, everyone talked about the the quote-unquote moon dirt, which reminded me very much of like Seattle. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah say 2019, 2020. Um, so super interesting with all of that. It looked, like you said, just powder with rocks in it, which is super super fucking weird um i don't know weird weird track the only section that i could say that it looks like they were making a lot of time was when onto the table off over the table two into the corner after yeah. you came back after the finish and dude even the 450s man because the way it was to go over the table and then literally like five feet of transition into the next face it got to the point that people were like dude this is super sketch if i clip it with a rear wheel i'm just gonna go onto the table but then if you noticed, and Barsha was the one that I really noticed started doing it, like you were checking up really hard to not launch into the corner of the single. So they were literally just kind of jumping onto the table, letting the bike G out, but then they were just literally rolling off and then bouncing off the face to double out. Yeah. And at first when I watched Barsha do it, and I can't remember who else did it, maybe it was Freeze, I don't know. I'm like, oh, like, dude, the face is literally just, it's getting so cupped out that it's just dragging the momentum down. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, no, they're doing that on purpose. Yeah. But it, it was look, very clippy, clippy track. The track, I just, and that three after coming back across the start, that was a huck. Yeah. That was a huck. Yep. Um, I didn't like the track, though. I just didn't. Like, the racing for itself was pretty decent, but by the end of the main, dude, it looks like everybody was just doing all they could to just not crash. Yep. So, uh, 450 class. So Jason Anderson goes out, wins this thing. He has made comments in the last two weeks of, well, I know Tomac's going to win the title, but I'm just going to make it hard. And he is, but you, sometimes you got to just look back and think, well, what could have been had he not had oh, yeah. Indy and Detroit? You take out India, just take out Detroit. Take out Detroit. Yeah, just take out Detroit, and all of a sudden, this is a whole different points chase. Well, I'm I'm serious, and I know that a lot of people are like, well, you know, you're just hating on Eli, but I'm not because I've said this enough. I've given Eli credit for his comments and the way he's rode. If you take out Detroit and just say Ando gets second that night and Eli keep wins like he did, yep, we're still in a points battle right now because Ando goes to Indy, not however many points back, and his mindset isn't well. I don't have any chance of winning this title. The only two races that I could look at since that stretch that I go, there was no way, was Detroit and Seattle. All the other races, in my opinion, up for grabs. As far as like Ando winning the winning those races. And I think that the unfortunate thing is, is that people aren't going to see these last two weekends and then go, well, you know, like Ando, like people are going to be like, well, Eli just gave him to him. But like you just said, though, this is not coming from me. This is coming from Eli. He wanted to wrap this title up early. He did. He did. So, well, hold on. Now we're going to pause our. That's fine. <laughs> we're going to pause our. We'll get to here. the race recap at some point. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call up uh, privateer hero Kevin Moran's here. And Kevin Moran's this week is going to be brought to you by our friends at Holster Co. Holster Co. bringing you things that go pew pew and bang bang and hold your pew pews and bang bangs and beep beeps beeps and all sorts of stuff. Check them out at Holster Co. Oh, God, I forgot the website. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Great radio, bro. Oh, my God. Great radio. Check them out at miholsterco.com. What's up, Kev? (laughs) 
Wow. Oh, shut up. You need to have Kev teach you how to do a sponsor. Look, usually he would be brought to you by Dirt Bike Depot, but Dirt Bike Depot brought us Max from Dirt Bike yeah, Depot. Yeah, so he brought him himself. So, yeah. So, basically, we had to come up with a new thing on the fly here, all you right? You couldn't have gone JT Cycle, or you couldn't have gone We alias, just did JT Cycle. Could have gone Alias Sport. Did you, just, did you just talk to Max? Yeah. Yeah. We had Max on for, like, oh, the last gotcha. 45 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. He didn't watch the race, so it was real helpful. Yeah, it was real great. No insight. I ask him about it, and he goes, I'm going to be honest, man. I didn't watch it. And I'm like, fuck, okay, never mind. We'll talk about something different then. So, Kev, how's it going, man? Where are you at right now? Uh, I don't know. Somewhere on the road, just following this blue line. No, about 15 hours away from home. Super sick. Are you going back to, uh, you going back to Kansas right now? Yeah. Oh, sick, sick. And then, because how far are you from Denver then? Uh, probably about seven or eight hours. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. That's no. a quick day so drive. drive. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I'll drive the 20 hours back home. Hopefully get home tomorrow night. Uh, chill out there Tuesday. Try to get some. I'm working on getting a new set of suspension set up for the last two rounds. Just because we've been uh, struggling a little bit with our stuff being too soft. Um, much completely maxed out. Uh, before we got to the track this weekend, and I definitely needed more with some of those jumps, especially after the finish line. But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, probably going to head out to Denver Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. I don't know. Sweet. Make a whole bunch of money at that private challenge? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Wow, there was no confidence There was no it. confidence Wow, I'm really disappointed. I mean, sad. I'm going to assume well, he's I tired. I have no idea what's going on with it, to be really honest. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, I don't know either. All, all I know is it's like a six-minute race, and there's like 16 of you he's putting in there, and then I think he's putting four wild cards in. All right, so something. here's the thing. Kev's going to rip the holy and just gap. Yeah, that's that's got to be the plan. Well. Don't even say it. They're talking about putting Chiz in there. Oh, God, you said it. You fucking dick. But well, I actually talked to Chiz today because he was in the airport that we were in. Cause we, obviously, so we flew back from... Uh, Foxborough, obviously down to Florida, took Sater home, and then now I'm boogie at home in Florida. Got it. Um, and, uh, so yeah, um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> you some about well, somebody you talked to Chiz. Is he going to race it? I think that's oh, maybe yeah, you were going Chiz, with it. Chiz. Okay, that's right. And, yeah, so I said, I, as far as I'm understanding, I think he's going to be wild carded in, and he's starting backwards. Yeah, no, From that was the last thing I heard on some show I was listening to as Steve's earlier this week, was they were going to make him start second row and backwards. They better, because, like, otherwise, like, dude, Chiz is just going to win it. I know, I know. Make him start a lap down, it's fine. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Well, who would be the four wild cards if Chiz is one of them? I don't know who else. Because I can't think of anybody outside it'd of Chiz. Probably be, it'd probably be, like, Chiz, Breeze, maybe Starling. Maybe Clayson. I don't know. Clayson has enough points, I think. But I don't know. Guys like that, probably. That or I'm I'm sure they'll buy. I don't know if Freeze will do it. I don't know if they're going to try to get Freeze. Um, I heard Wageman might be doing it. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, don't got to worry about Wageman. You got got him covered. You got it, man. Look, yeah, just rip a hole in the bro. They got a ton of money they're going to pay out for this. Just make sure you finish good and you'll get paid. So, all right. So, tell us about New York. I'm riding on the moon dirt. You say New York, whatever. Foxborough, uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, not New York. Tell us about that track you were at yesterday, oh riding on the moon dirt. Dude, it was uh, it was a little goofy. I'm not gonna lie. Like 
track was fun if you could get it smoothly. But like with the different transitions, the different kind of dirt, because it wasn't very consistent. Some would be hard packed and slick, then some would be tacky and soft. And the transitions were the biggest part that was tough to navigate because you'd have some that were like California, hard pack, no ruts. Next one would be ruddy and soft. And then, then at that point, you're like sinking into it. So it's robbing your momentum and your height. So that was the big struggle with the big section before uh, the whoops by going three and then four into the corner. That was kind of tough because three was really soft and like it had like a square edge at the bottom. So in some transitions, that's what you had too. It's like you had ruts to really soft at the bottom of the transition to a hard face. But then you just get a hard like G out square edge going up the face, which is always super sketchy. So it was just all around kind of a goofy track. Hmm. Uh, I heard that it was very peaky compared to almost every other track this year. Is that what you're, would you share that same Correct. sentiment? Okay. Yeah, okay. I would have to say so. I mean, I don't know, dude. They're just building them different this year. Yeah. What I've also heard through the grapevine that, uh, there were some certain people went and cried about the whoops after practice and then they chopped them down. Indeed. I don't know who said people are, but I know that, uh, there were some riders that said that. I actually kind of enjoyed them because I was actually I wasn't going crazy fast through them, but I wasn't struggling in them. Like I actually kind of liked them. My bike felt decent in them. Yeah. So then so when they changed them, they just kind of screwed all that all over. Yeah. So you're talking about KTM people? That's what I've heard. Oh, okay. Don't worry, Kev. You're not the only one. Uh, Clayson also said that he very much enjoyed them in practice, and then was really pissed that they uh, destroyed them. So. Yeah. So. Um, how was the uh, turnout good up there? Everything, uh, like, like fan-wise, everything? A-okay. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, it's been sweet with the program that I've built, more or less. And then, obviously, having Seder a part of the program and doing the vlogs every week. I mean, there's, honestly, anywhere from 100 to 500 people that come up every single weekend just saying how much they love watching the vlog and stuff, which is really, really cool. Hell, yeah. So, that just turns into a couple of patrons here and there uh obviously a bunch of posters and all the stuff that we do the, the giveaway stuff and whatnot so it's been pretty cool building the fan experience and building the honestly just our fan base yeah well hey man i'm not gonna lie the star of your vlog is chris all right 100 chris is chris is the fun have you watched his have you been watching his vlogs i haven't watched him in a while but yeah i've noticed the lame same thing. What? Lame. Sorry. Way to support the cause, asshole. Yeah, you got his hat. When we're not on video, smooth. Oh my god, I've worn everything. Cool. Just go on. Just fucking go on. cool. Just Look, go on. Chris is the star of that vlog, talking about the Tinderellas and the Tenderonies and whatever the fuck else he calls them, Bumble Arenas. I mean, it's fantastic. There is Bumble. Yeah. No, never mind. Dude, Chris Chris loves talking about that shit with those guys. It's hilarious. It's quite quite possibly the best best part oh, of yeah. any moto vlog out there. Other than <laughs> other than when he dude, he <laughs> the last vlog, he literally walked around and was asking people who had a hotter girlfriend, Kev or uh who is he comparing you to? Fuck. Greco. Greco. Yeah, Greco's chick or Kev's chick. And I believe like most of the people go Kev does, does Kev have a chick? I was about to say, like, what? 
<laughs> so, oh man, it was great. It was fantastic. Like I said, star of the vlog. You need to get Chris's face on a t-shirt. Honestly, though. Jeez. I mean, Chris I'm not a lot for the program. I'm not lying. This is like this is pretty much like like AC's vlog was the same way. I didn't give a fuck about AC and AC's vlog. I just wanted to watch his mechanic because that dude's fucking hilarious too. Yeah, I think a lot of these vlogs nobody even yeah. really gives a shit about the rider. They just care about the other people around. Amart's vlog, his mechanic, fucking star of the show there. Uh, his his mechanic and Thurry's dog. Oh. <laughs> well, him and also uh, Briar. Anytime Briar's around. Briar is funny because Briar will just make fun of people, so that's pretty good. So, See, I like J. Bart's vlog, but his is more just serious. I like it when he's in, when in Trolls vlogs. Yeah. Kev, did you watch any of the uh, 250 race yesterday? Uh, main event or heat race? Main event. I mean, I kind of watched all of it, yeah. So, okay, question for you because me and Justin have been fighting about this. Did, uh, did Jet let Forkner win that race? I don't think so. Really? Oh. I mean, he, was on, he was coming on to him. He was coming on to him the last lap, dude. He caught all the way up to the zero wheel. You give him another lap, I think Jet went. I mean, Jet went at him in the middle and then kind of went, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I probably should just win this title. Suck it, Travis. You're, dude, he is the only uh, other person. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't get to watch the whole. Like, I saw mainly the ending part because that's when I was lining up on the Portage main event. Yeah. And Look, what I, was... I saw, it looked like he was working to try to make a push to come after him. But yes, was he riding slightly conservative? Yes. Probably. It'd be dumb to, to say no to that. Look, here's what I'm going to say. We looked at the lap time charts. And I told you this. They were the, they, they literally split. But on the laps that Jet was faster, and especially the last two, which would be what you saw sitting on the line, especially... Jet was seven tenths to a second faster the last two laps, so Jet was definite. Uh -huh. Jet, if you, I, I really want you to go back and watch the race Kevin this won't week let and this text go. me about this. He won't let this go. Well, because I asked a whole bunch of people, because Justin was like, he didn't let him win, and I'm like, dude, he literally got to Forkner, and then just sat behind him and was like, dude, let's fucking go, and like you could watch Jet. My my thing was Jet was. Cruising at the practice track on a Tuesday in November for his warm-up moto. That's how Jet rode that anyways, fucking main. Anyways, anyways, it's great. You just don't fucking like, don't give me that shit. We'll just let it go. We'll he hates it. Jet, and I'm a Jet homer, so this is going well. We literally just had this conversation with Max. Hey, Kev rode the track. He was there, made the 450 main. All his his opinions, the only one that matters. There you go. All right, end of conversation. Case, case closed. Case, case closed. Case closed. Yep. Anyways, move on. Can we get more about Kev's night? Because we have like a little bit to talk about this later. Yeah, talk about your main, buddy. How'd your how'd your main go? So ripped a sick start from the very outside gate. Sick. That was sick. So that was good. Came in maybe eighth or so in the first rhythm, and then I believe it was Breeze, uh, like almost knifed his front end slash stalled it as I was coming for his rear wheel. So I had to turn left in a right corner and go all the way up to the top. So I got passed by a bunch of people there. And then I, I can't remember for certain, but I'm pretty sure we missed the triple on the first lap because there's so much carnage. Hmm. And then you turn, and right before that whoop, those whoops, you have that big rhythm. Brayton was right in front of me, like a little bit in front of me. I wasn't like right on his rear wheel because obviously I didn't see what happened. But um, we went three at the end, and then we were quadding out in that section. 
Well, he quadded out, so I quadded right behind him. And I don't know what happened to him. I think he got caught in with another rider, got hit or whatever, but he went up into the tough blocks and stopped. But I was already, I mean, I was in the air when I saw this. Uh, so I landed and just went right up into his rear end. So we both had to wait for everybody to go by before we could back ourselves down the berms and then go. So I was put in last once again and just had to charge back and pick off the few people that I was even capable of getting to uh, to end up 18th. So not a bad night. You know, another main event's good. Uh, I had a slight miscommunication slash kind of on me in the heat race. I thought I was in ninth. Uh, when Carnell, after Carnell getting around me, so I didn't try to make like a deadly move to come back. Uh, and then came around to the pit board next lap saying P10 still, uh, which I was shocked. And then I was, you know, bummer for me because I had already kind of backed off a little bit thinking I was ninth. And then just didn't have time to, to reel it back in. So went to the LCQ. Pretty easy, just ride it in LCQ, which was nice. And then, uh, yeah, solid-ish main event. Solid performance, but the result on paper isn't what I wanted. Yeah. Was there something Amart was doing that was allowing him to pull away from you in that uh, LCQ? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't doing the, uh, the um, triple on, off, triple on, off, right after the finish line. Ah, okay. I was just doing the, I was just doing the easy line because I knew that nobody behind me was doing the Amart line. Yeah. And I didn't feel – I was doing the Amart line and – like uh, press and stuff like that, but I never really felt comfortable with it on race day. Yep. Uh, my bike just wasn't able to get off of that table. Okay. Good enough for me to do anything good with it. So I was just going inside, hugging tight, singling, and then I was going table over single, three on, off, single in the corner. Okay. So that was I was a little little time there, and then obviously um, in the woods, Avon was getting me a little bit, but other than that, I mean, I was really I pulled away or passed into second first lap i believe yep and then i was right behind amar for a lap and me following him just for that lap got me a two or three second gap and then i just backed off in chill mode because i didn't want to pull another st louis yep yeah i figured i figured there was something he had to be doing because like i'm watching the gap grow on tv and i'm like dude amar's not that much faster than kev like there has no. to be I mean, he, something he was definitely riding good yeah but yeah i was want to mess it up yeah. Did you, did you, uh, were you hitting that triple before you came back across the start consistently? Back across the start. So, like, what you mean? hit the, basically before you hit the finish, the triple when you came back across. Oh, no, I never hit that because, like, that's what I was saying is I'm getting new suspension for okay, yeah. Denver. Yep. Because I was already maxed out going into that ride or that, that race or whatever. I was as stiff as I could go. Jesus. And that jump, you had to come out and seat bounce the absolute ever living piss out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was too scared with my setup that it was going to throw me over the bars. Like it was going to bottom out and yep. throw me over the bars instead of soaking it up. Yeah. So I just, I never even messed with it. Hmm. Also, did you? And maybe, maybe I'm getting the, maybe I'm getting who it was wrong, but I don't think so. Did you and Tristan Lane have a little battle going on in the main, going back and forth, or was it somebody else? Uh, I must have been somebody else because I mean I. I had a little battle at the beginning trying to come out of last. Yeah. But then I got around um, a couple guys, got around Carnell, and then just kind of pulled away trying to get to, I think Henry Miller was the next person in front of me, but I don't yeah. even think he was close to me. I don't know. By the time I got around those guys, I was, I'm, I, I struggled to get around those guys too much. Well, the only reason I ask uh, is, I, nope, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, the only reason I ask is, is because timing showed, because, yeah, Henry was the, uh, the one in front of you, but you were in front of somebody, and then maybe it was a timing fuck-up. You were in front of somebody, and then a lap later, you were behind them, and then two laps later, you're in front of them. And I could have swore it was Tristan Lane, because I thought Tristan Lane was one spot behind you, but maybe I, maybe it was a fuck-up on the live timing part. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, I beat him in the overall, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he was I think he was one spot behind you, and that's why I thought you maybe had a battle with him. But, like I said, maybe it was a live timing issue, and that never really even happened. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. All right, well, anything else uh, you want to talk about here? Denver next week, Friday practice, LCQ Pulp Challenge. Pulp race is going to be wild. Pulp a max race. Win a whole bunch of money. Win a whole bunch of money. Win a whole bunch of money. Uh, we'll try. I mean, but I mean, none of us will see it. So we are two patrons away from getting 150 patrons. So Ooh, you know, hit that hit that moransmafia.com and uh, hop on board. Next two people, get something special. He is two away from 150. We have two in total. <laughs> hey man, Kev got uh, he got some good exposure uh, during the qualifying show too. I mean, he seems to always get pretty decent exposure. But I didn't get to watch it that great. I was grocery yeah. shopping. Like he was, like they weren't on him the whole entire time. But like, yeah, I mean, usually that's because they keep putting him in the fucking B group. I know, but it seems like every time Kev is in the B group, which once again, don't fucking understand how that is. But whatever, we won't go into that. Uh, yeah, they the camera and partly it's because of Dan Hubbard. Um, they're always on him for like ninety percent of the qualifying session. They're usually just on Kev or Dan Hubbard talking yeah, about Kev's it. program. Oh yeah, it's awesome, man. I love it. So you're getting that exposure still, so that's good. But yeah, the whole B group thing, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Well, whatever. I guess okay. Let's ask him this before we let him off the line. Then would you rather be in B group where you're like the fastest? He doesn't guy, want to be in B group. Or would you rather be that. in A group where you're one of the slower guys? I can already answer that. He doesn't want to be in um, B group. <laughs> with this past weekend's track, I was happy to be in B group. Yeah, the track got torn up a little bit, but I was able to slow down and focus a little bit on a pretty tricky track now take me back to atlanta take me back to uh we'll do the first one before that st louis i ended up getting put in the b group which i really didn't want because of how fast it broke down um but primarily i like to be in the fast group. one that pushes me two i'm not really waiting on or getting screwed over by people i'm usually the one that's kind of screwing but it's just nicer because, yeah, like everybody's my speed or faster, so it pushes me, allows me to get more flow, and the track's better. Like, they destroy the track before being Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just curious. Just a question. I mean, I watched in that, so, B, that B practice, Scotty Winterstrom almost die like 10 times. So Well, yeah. I'm just saying, we always talk about how these guys are fragile, little, mental, I don't know who mentally that. fragile butterflies, okay? Butterflies? Wow. So, look, dude. You just call Kev a butterfly? If you go out in B group and you're the fastest dude, well, you're the fastest motherfucker there. Now, yeah, however, but also those guys realize who's ever goes out and is top know, of the board and B that, where they stack up. They're not be, thinking. Could be a mental boost, all right? I mean, I'm pretty sure Benny in St. Louis, when he was at the top of the board, didn't go, yeah, holy shit. I'm just saying. Don't call Kevin Butterfly. That's disrespectful. They're all little fragile <laughs> mental butterflies, all right? Every single one of them. Jet included? Jet included. Okay. I'm just kidding. Jet is a Jet's fucking a warrior. Bu- Let Jet's <laughs> fucking what? warrior. Whatever. You're such a nut hugger. All right, Kev. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your 20-hour drive. Don't envy you on that one. That's oh, it. yeah. I can't wait. Appreciate it, though, boys. Yep. Tell your mom and dad I said hello. Oh, you know I will. I know. I know. All right, buddy. Later. All right. Good luck, man. Peace out. See ya.
All right, Kevin Moran's everyone. What the fuck was that? I don't know. All right, let's get back to our 450 race review here. Yeah. All right, so 450 race review again, brought to you by JT Cycle. Uh, so Ando wins. Yeah. Which is what we were talking about. Yep. Uh, and him and Eli had a pretty good little battle going on. And it was a little battle. Yep. And then Eli did the same thing Jet did and went, you know what? I would rather win this title. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, he faded back to seventh. Like, yeah. He was like, eh. Yep. But he he wasn't going to win that race no matter what he did. Though. I don't think so either. No. He looked, he looked good. Don't he, get me wrong. He looked he good, but I think he was good. For, I think he was good for third because I don't think he would have beat Sexton either. You don't think it would be Sexton? Nah, man. No, man. Sexton. It would have been a lot closer between him and Sexton versus him and Ando, but I do yeah. think Ando was going to get him. I, okay. Won't I, argue that. I will agree with that. I think him and Sexton would have had a nice little battle, but I think that Sexton kind of did what we've been harping on him. Hey, man, I'm putting in some heaters because Sexton looked good all day, too, as well. Mm-hmm. And he has these last couple weekends. But then he realized, hey, like he closed up on Ando a little bit, realized that Ando, like, hey, he was kind of settling in, dropped the hammer, pulled back out, and Sexton's like, all right, you know what? Tracks gnarly. I don't need to die again. I'm just going to take second. So I do think that if him and Eli, if Eli would have been, you know, quote unquote, not trying to win that or not lose the title, yeah, they would have had a nice little battle. But I just think that Sexton maybe would have had a little bit more. Uh, Sexton looked a hell of a lot better in the whoops than Eli did. So maybe that would have just been just enough to inch him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all knew what Eli did. Like once, yeah. once Eli stalled it in that left hander, which we can talk about that. Bonehead move on Eli's part. Yeah, that was a little Bonehead weird. Bonehead move. That was a little weird. I, I was having this discussion with Ashley because right before the main started, I said, oh, hey, you're going to sit down and watch your boy win the title. Because honestly, the way he was riding all day, I did think that he stood a good chance of winning that race. If not, see, I thought at least, second, beat, at least beating Anderson. I thought second was going to be. See, I always thought Anderson was going to win the entire day. I mean, people were on the whole Marv thing, which is understandable. Marv has won there. Marv like, good, has won there, but, but I wasn't on Marv. I watched from the jump from jump. I watched Ando, and I'm like, you know what, Ando? He just looks like he's gelling with his track. Here's where I thought it was going to get interesting. Was I thought that Eli had enough to force Ando into an error. And the way we saw that track breaking down, the moon dirt, the mm. rocks, all that stuff. I mean, we saw it in the heat race. Ando went down. Yeah, just what got into the loose stuff, pushed the front. I really thought we were going to see that. I thought Which, you, that was a dumb mistake, that by was the a way. Dumb I mean, too. it's not much to analyze it, but like, dude, the way he was trying to like straight, he was basically trying to square off that corner. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you have to start squaring off that corner from the backside, not going all the way out. It was just a weird angle. Yeah. And it didn't matter, but I'm like, dude, that was just dumb. But let's go back to the Eli situation where he yeah. stalls it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was telling Ashley, Eli, that was a dumb move on his part. Mm. Racecraft. Complete garbage in that corner. <laughs> you're yeah. you're racing Anderson. You know you have the speed to stay right there with him. Okay. Yep. You also, as you're riding the last two sections there, you can clearly see that wasn't it Mookie? No, Coop. Coop. That Coop is right there too. Mm-hmm. So knowing how Coop races, he's gonna go to the farthest inside line he can, right? So you go up into this corner inside of fucking Jason, who the only way you're going to get past Jason is you're going to have to you're going to have to hit him. Yeah. Like if you're not fast enough, there was enough speed there with him yesterday to just straight legitimately go up, go through a rut and blow by him. You were going to have to make contact with yeah. him, yep. which you obviously are probably trying not to do because you're trying mm-hmm. to win this title. Then Coop is right on your ass 
and you know he's going to come up inside you, and he's not scared to throw an elbow, but you still go for it with Ando, no way. Your whole thing should have been to let off, ride right behind Ando through that corner, and then pick a different spot. Mm. Because at that point, that was just a dumb move. I wouldn't have made that move, and I know that's easy to armchair quarterback, Mm. but let's face it, riding around, even coming from my level, you're aware when someone's behind you. And let alone these guys who are much, much better than me, you know Webb's behind you. Yep. You know how close he is. He's going to come up and at least show you a wheel. And then you do that, and then you act like surprised, and then you tip kind of towards the outside, then you stall it, and then that pretty much is it. Game over for your race. So Yeah, I always find it was it, dumb. I always find it kind of funny when these when the top these top level dudes, and it doesn't happen that often when they do, but when they stall it in a corner, because I'm like, dude, especially somebody like Eli, who's already fucking dragging the clutch all the way. I'm like, how do you, how do you, you stall not grab it? that? I'm like, confused. you're literally on the thing from enter to exit anyway. Yeah. So, like, how did you stall it? But once again, it's easy to armchair quarterback, like you just said. I thought the whole thing was stupid, but yeah, I mean, I just was never under the impression that Eli was going to win that race. I kind of always thought Ando and people were like, whoa, you know, you're just saying that. But like, I even just said, I, I think Sexton would even beat him. Eli looked great yesterday, which on a track that was not easy to look good on. Yeah. But I just, I didn't see anywhere on that track that, and outside of him literally getting the start and pulling away, that he was just leaps and bounds better than Anderson and Sexton at. Yeah. So I never was really under the impression that he was going to wrap the title up yesterday, barring him, like I said, either getting the start and gapping or Anderson crashing. But it's just. Isn't it kind of a weird feeling now to look at Anderson these last two weekends and go, like you said before we had Kev on, what we could have had? Yeah. What we could have had because we could have had a title battle still going on right Mm -hmm. now. And it's like, damn it. Well, it works the same way with like the 250 West. You look at that. You take away A3. I mean, Hunter's right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He He got one point. He finishes second that night. He's now has 22 more. Mm -hmm. He's 23 behind. Mm -hmm. We have a one-point title race Yeah, for the last two rounds. And I could not – I mean, nobody would have predicted this at all because at the beginning of the season that it would have been between Ando and Eli. Yeah. Maybe insert Eli, but definitely not Ando. But I really would be curious what that scenario would look like going in. So – and I'm just going to be specific right now. What time does the 450 main start? 10.20 usually? 10 20 yeah 10 15 i'm trying to be specific here going into that final weekend or that first weekend in may final round round 17 in salt lake at 10 20 and we have a title battle opposite whoever has the points lead and it's single digits between eli tomac and jason anderson i'm gonna be real honest with you right now that fucking battle would have been insane dude mm-hmm. i could have not imagined because you're looking at Jason Anderson, who's had all this shit pushed at him since that 2018 title, going, "Oh man, you're a one-hit wonder. You lucked into that title, this and that." Having this career of his or the season of his life right now, Eli going for a second title, killing it, winning all these races, and you tell me that it's a single-digit gap between those two. Whoever has the dude, I'm sorry. I think that there would have been, and I'm I'm not being literal in this sense, but the whole old term, there would have been blood. Dude, those guys would have been coming out swinging. Yeah. And it just sucks to think that we could have had that 
had Detroit not happened. And like you said, I think Indy was kind of on the back burner, but had Barsha not decided to be a douchebag and saw off Ando's front end for the second time in one year. Yeah. Yep. So it just sucks. It just sucks to think that we could have had this battle the whole entire season, and we just got kind of robbed of it. Yep. So. Um. All right. So Chase Sexton second. We kind of touched on him. He had a good day. You think he gets another win in his next two rounds? I mean, it's hard to think that with the way Ando's riding right now, but. That's. I don't know. I guess the real question is, is do you think he can beat Ando straight up? Here's the thing. I think Sexton can win any race any day of the week, to be honest. Yeah, He's that's got true. the speed. He just has to quit making these. I mean, people say the same thing about Mookie. Sexton mistakes. But it's obviously. But, okay. but And you know me. Uh, until the season's over, I'm still going to say Mookie could get a win, too. No, no, no. I'm not making but that comment here, to be talking about here Mookie. here is my thing. Sexton has won a race. He already has, yes. So any one of these races, like I said, I think Sexton can win it any single day of the week. Mm-hmm. But do you think he's going to? It's going to be rough. Ando's on one right now. Yeah. Barring, barring Ando hitting the deck, I don't know. And it's not like we've seen that a lot this year to begin with. Yeah. So. So, I don't know. He's, but I keep making the comment in my, I keep making the comment to myself and to other people. Chase has to get it done next year. And see, I don't think he does. I, think I he, don't think he does either. I don't think. But if he doesn't get it done next year, the whole crop of 250 guys that are coming up are going to be now in 450s mm-hmm. and moving. And I think then that really closes off your window. Really How starts crazy to is it close to think it off. That Chase Sexton might never win a 450 title. That's wild. It's wild. Because I, I do agree with you. If he doesn't Dude, get it done next year, I don't think he's going to get it done at all. It's a, It works the same way with someone we're going to talk about in the 250s here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, it's. um. Yeah, and see, I don't think he does. I don't, and I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm shitting on Chase because even though I've been very critical of Chase, I still like the kid a lot. He's local to this area. I really like his dad, Keir, fucking uber talented. But I don't think he's going to do it. I I will say this: I think he has a better shot of winning an outdoor title than he does a Supercross title. Maybe we'll see, man. And we'll I, see. that's obviously like really hard to believe at this point. But yeah, I don't think he wins a Supercross title. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's not looking good. And like I said, one. I've said this with a few of these guys. Once Jet hits this class, too, and I know we're, we've argued about this, and we're going to argue about it more, it, your door gets really, re- like, your opening's real thin there. Well, see, here's the problem, and we're not going to go on this too much, obviously, because we have enough time to talk about this, is you, you can say that, but you can only say that, though, for the likes of a Chase Sexton, because until outdoors, at least... Eli Tomac and Dylan and Supercross until Eli leaves. Jet's not beating Eli. I know that you can beat beat your chest and people talk about Jet, but Jet's not going to beat Eli. Like they're like, and you're talking about two people that I am very critical of. It well, Jet will not be Eli. I I, but what I don't. Are we talking one year here that he's no, gonna, he might even yeah, be in yeah. the class? Well. Maybe, though. I mean, Eli has made comments lately that he wants to keep doing this. Well, he did make a comment, too, that he didn't want to go as long as Chad. <laughs> and he's he said that. So what does that look like? 34, 35? And we know that Eli is not slowing down. He's obviously getting better. That's another thing you got to remember. you got to think about, though. If Eli doesn't start to decline for another few years and he really wants to stay in this and winning many titles and say for the sake of it, he wants to be known as the second best dirt bike racer of all time outside of Ricky, I will never ever pick Jet Lawrence over Eli Tomac for a championship. Outdoors, Supercross, doesn't matter. You can say all the things you want about, and this and this is where this conversation will be funny, about all the fans that Jet has and all the fans that Eli has. 
those Eli fans will absolutely eat the Jet fans up. Let me, were, were you saying the same thing in, what was it, 2001 when Ricky passed uh, no. MC? No, because it was very clear that McGrath was never going to beat Ricky at that point because McGrath was on the backside of his career. Interesting. No, no. I was saying that when Stu moved up with Ricky, and obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, I, I don't think you would be able to find anybody in the industry that would tell you. So you that, didn't think Stu was going to beat Ricky? No, either. I did. No, I did. What oh. I'm saying is, is it were I was thinking Stu was going to beat Ricky. Ah, uh, kind of like with where Jet people think with Eli. Mm. I do not think you will find one person in the industry that would say that as much as they believe in Jet Lawrence, that if they're going to sit there and they're going to know ahead of time that this Eli Tomac is going to be around for another few years, that they're going to pick Jet Lawrence to beat Eli Tomac for a championship, indoors and out. Now, if you sit there and go, "Oh, Eli's not taking it as seriously." They'll be like, okay, I could see that. But I don't think you will find one person, and I'm even including Daniel Blair in this conversation, that they would pick a Jet Lawrence over this version of Eli Tomac. You'd be surprised how much dumb shit DB will say. But do you see where I'm coming from? I mean, I, I, understand, Especially what, outdoors. I understand what you're saying, but I feel like this conversation's been had before with a lot of people. Probably not. It's been had before. Not publicly, because obviously we don't have we didn't have all the technology back mm-hmm. in the '90s and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I have a feeling this conversation has been had before, probably. And there's a lot of people who have said like, "Oh, they'll never beat the old dog." And then, but the here problem, we are. but the problem though with that conversation, and I feel like I can say this because I have been around this sport for a very, very long time, and I've seen that different thing. There was not a guy that the old dog, and I'll and I'll do an air quote since we don't have video, that was at this peak form of Eli Tomac right now, except outside of Ricky. Because McGrath was not in peak form when Ricky moved up. Stu, when he moved up, Ricky was still in peak form. And then obviously we know that Ricky retired two years after Stu moved up. And then you could even go back to the 80s when it was, you know, the changing of the guard with Bob Hanna and Ricky Johnson and all that. But this Eli Tomac, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, and I do not disagree with any of this generate, like, Jet is going to be very, very good. Jet is not Eli Tomac. He has a long way to go. He has not even scratched the surface of an Eli Tomac. And don't even come to me with a conversation about outdoors because Eli would fucking peck or slap the shit out of Jet Lawrence on a 450 outdoors. It's just not close. It's not close. Supercross, you could have the conversation, but outdoors, I'm sorry, Eli would grind Jet up into little pieces of donut dust on an outdoor track in the middle of summer. For a while here, yes. Until Eli Tomac decides to not want to do this anymore. Because this Eli Tomac version, if this guy showed up next year and Jet Lawrence, hypothetically, and this is the last thing I'll say because we got to move on. If you tell me that Jet Lawrence had a year to get ready on a 450 and he goes outdoors and makes his debut, kind of like Chase Sexton did, and this version of Eli Tomac is still there, doesn't matter. Eli still smokes the shit out of him. It's not even close. Yeah, if Jet goes outdoors next year, I agree with you. I think, and Eli stays in peak form like like he is, I think, yes, Eli will beat him more often than not. If not all the time. If not all the time. <laughs> However, I think the ceiling, even if Eli continues on an upward trajectory because of the stages of his career, yeah. I still think that the upward trajectory of Jet is higher is gonna it's gonna peak higher than what Tomax is. At this point in his career? Not at this point. I'm saying okay, so Jet's nineteen. Okay. No, I think he's still eighteen. I think he's only eighteen. Or did he have a birthday? I don't know. Maybe he is 19. 18 or 19. Maybe. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, he's under 20. Yeah, for sure. You give me Jet Lawrence at a consistent growing phase like he is right now. Mm. 
22 to 24, he would surpass what Tomac's doing. I don't agree with that at all. At this point, his, his speed. I mean, it, it's just speed. Way it, it's no, just, no, just, no. Oh, yeah. No, no. Jet Lawrence will never beat anybody by a minute and 15 seconds. Minute and 20. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Dude, nope. I don't know, man. Nope. And you know why I'll say that is? Because Jet Lawrence wasn't even close to that outdoors this past year, Jets 2021. Got, Jet's got big jumps, I think, still coming. The problem, though, is, is that we're, we're only... No, I don't agree with that. I think that these guys have n- are going to start hitting their ceilings. You don't think he's going to take more big steps? No, because these guys are already going so fast. speed and stuff. Consistency, yes. Yeah, but See, this is a, a fine line. These guys can't go much faster than what they're going. Because your brain can only process information so quickly. We're already almost at the peak. Now, consistency, yes. Because yeah, your but body... he's not peaking yet. He's 18. He's not peaking until his mid-20s. Ah, see, Mid-20s, he's going to peak, bro. See, and everybody when he thought... peaks, it's going to be ridiculous. See, everybody thought that was Stu, and look what happened. Stu was actually too fast for his own good. So, yeah, you could say that Jet is going faster than anybody, but if he's not keeping it on two wheels... Look, as much of a hater of Stu as I was for a long time, I am... I've grown to like the guy and respect his career much more than I did when I first came back into the sport here in 2014. Okay. Okay. Comparing Jet Lawrence to James Stewart is nearly impossible because it's two completely different things. Jet Lawrence. Well, it's different eras too. Jet Lawrence, in my opinion, is the James Stewart speed. Hmm. But the brains to not run himself into the ground. I don't agree with the speed thing. The brains thick for sure. The speed thing, no. I don't agree with that. James Stewart on his peak day, Jet Lawrence will never reach that. Never reach that. Like, if you put James the fastest time he's ever ridden a dirt bike on a supercross track or an outdoor track, Jet Lawrence will never touch that. I don't think anybody ever will. Like, you can talk about how good these guys, the, the physical side of it, the the sports science behind it, how good these bikes get, which these bikes can't get much better, let's be honest, because we're going to start getting to the point that we're going to have too much information, and then it's going to overload people. I just don't see Jet Lawrence ever going as fast as James Stewart did on a dirt bike. Now, he may be able to do it for a lap, but to do it for as long as Stu did when he was feeling it and win races, no, no. Because, like, for instance, that Toronto 2014 race, yeah. you take that James Stewart that night and you put him up against anybody in the field right now, and he wins that that speed, he wins every fucking time. See, you can only go so fast on a dirt bike. That's why I still say that Ricky Carmichael, nobody would ever beat Ricky Carmichael, a prime Ricky Carmichael. He, Jeffrey Hurling's included on an outdoor track. Wow, that's a big statement for me. It's dude, it's the only reason I say this is and, and I'm not and I'm not saying this to take a shot at how long you've been back in this, but like the way you are with Jet, it's because I lived through literally the whole entire Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart era. I watched those guys as amateurs, and obviously they're older than me, so I was very young, but I watched them all the way through it, and I watched so many of their races in person. And I've never seen anybody go that fast on a dirt bike. Ever. I've never seen when those guys were literally pushing each other to the limit. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody go that fast. See, and here's where I think we're going to get screwed a little bit because I don't think there's anybody that can push Jet to his limit. You mean like when he goes to the 450 class? I'm talking speed-wise anywhere right now. There See, is I think a- you're going to see it this summer if J-Mart's healthy because he did it last summer. Now, whether J-Mart implodes, that's a different thing, and that has nothing to do with J-Mart riding over his head. That's just who J-Mart is. I think 
Crawfordsville, that first moto before J-Mart crashed, yeah. Jet was fucking... And I know you didn't get a chance to see it as much because you were with Kev. Yeah. But you go back and watch that before J-Mart crashed. J-Mart was pushing Jet to the fucking limit. I think our problem that we have when we watch Jet is he is so naturally talented, it doesn't look like he's pushing that hard. But in reality, he's fucking hanging it out. It's just he's so Maybe. good on a dirt bike. It's kind of like the Kevin Windham effect. Kevin Windham never looked like he was trying. Christoph Porcel, now you get to the 450 class, if Eli's still there, I think we're going to find out how good Jet really is. Because yeah. Eli will get on his rear wheel, and he will make him survive outdoors. Mm-hmm. Supercross, maybe a little different. But outdoors, you go to like Southwick, dude, Eli will make Jet rethink riding the 450 class. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. This is a generational talent, bro. Look, I'm not disagreeing. I have not disagreed. We're with not even any- to the 250 class yet, and we can't stop arguing. I have about not this. disagreed with anything about the titles and all that kind of stuff about how well Jet's going to do, and I think he's going to have a very successful career. It's just I will always say he is not the first person to do this, and he's he will not, not. And he will not be the last. He's not. He will not be the last person to do it. He's I don't know who the next person coming up that will do it because I think that our amateur program, and I don't even want people to come with me to Hayden Deegan because that shit's not going to happen. It's a, Hayden Deegan is just a different different story altogether. He's not going to win a lot it's of races. Not a, it's not a he, he's not a riding thing. His his is a marketing thing. Yes. So I think I agree with you there. I don't. I think he's going to be good, and I think he'll be fine. But I don't think he ever racer, wins a title. But I don't think he's going to be great. He might win a title. Maybe win maybe wins a Supercross dude. title. Maybe wins a Supercross title. Yeah. But I don't think we'll see it for a while. But Jet will be not. I, I you can stamp this. Jet will not be the last person to do what he's doing right now. No. I just think what. And, and you've made this comment, Cole's made this comment, obviously Max did when we had him on earlier. It's the marketing side where I think you look at Jet as different from all those guys. And I think Stu had that going on, it's just the difference was his Stu didn't have an agent like a Lucas Myrtle. Yes. I think if Stu would have had an agent like a Lucas Myrtle, rewind 15 years, this guy's the fucking limit of mm-hmm. what James Stewart's... We already know he's made more money than anybody ever has as a motocross racer. Yeah. If he would have had a Lucas Myrtle as an agent, holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. He would have been the first hundred millionaire probably to ever ride a dirt bike. Probably. But obviously he didn't, and Jet Lawrence does. Yes. So I think that that's where the difference is, is what Jet's doing. Yes. Compared to all these other young, do we want to use phenom as the word? Yeah. Phenom, young phenoms, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Jet is up here as far as eyes, whereas... Jet was here, Stu was here, and everybody else was down here. But then again, too, yeah, look at he's got the skills to pay the bills. To he back, does to back it up. Look, I that mean, kid because... will never not be making money for the yes. rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna make money for the rest of his life. All right, let's move on here through our 450 class. So Marv gets third. That was a good ride for Marv. I like how he was embracing are, the. Are we are are we gonna see him race after this fucking Supercross season here? Like, what the is happening are uh, you seeing anything on any so, of the fucking anywhere no and i don't and like we kind of talked about on the fantasy show that if hurlings and Cairoli, i don't think i think that's really going to put the nail in the coffin what are the french mxgp teams so right now well the problem is, is a lot of their french the french guys are hurt so the no, Fren- no i'm talking about like le- oh, not, oh not teams. french riders I'm sorry, teams. teams um there is really no actual hmm. french like they have like Bud Racing. Uh, they have a couple um, teams that they run in the EMX series. But as far as the factory teams, I was just trying to see if there was one that was gonna like pop out and be like, "Yep, we're in the World Supercross, and Marv's our guy." I think that if this KTM thing goes sideways and that relationship might be over, um, 
it'd be really cool to see him opposite Roman Fever on a, on a Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fucking cool. First off, it'd be awesome to have two add Dylan into that two of the three best French riders in the world on the same team. Yeah, I will say this: Marvin Muscan probably does not ride a KTM after this year. No, I don't think so, and I don't think it's an on an Austrian brand either. No, I, I think that those days are over with, dude. If I'm Marv, I'm pissed. I am pissed too, dude. I am pissed. You know, how f- <laughs> you know how much he has done for that brand. He's. One- I understand he's brought them only one U.S. title. Look, we can the- just look at this in a vacuum, which is just this year. He's won a fucking race. He's been on the box. And think about That's how much way more than we can say for the defending champion. And think about how much winning. I understand that the title is the only thing that matters, but think about how much fucking winning since 2017 that man has done 100%. for KTM. Supercross and outdoors. Multiple races a year. The only guy that in two out of the three years that he won those titles in a row that was actually able to give Eli Tomac fits in 2017 and 2018. Yeah. I understand that Eli won the title, so it doesn't really matter. But go back to that 2017 season. Remember when Marv went on a run in the middle of that season? It was not like Eli was not able to beat him. Yep. I just don't think Marv gets enough credit that he deserves. And it it annoys me. As a guy that's not a huge Marvin Muscan fan, I think that we all can kind of look back and realize that we may have taken him as a rider for granted. Mm -hmm. Dude has been solid since he's come to this country. 100%. And it just, it bumps me out that his fucking politics are probably the reason why he's not going to have a ride. Yeah. So, yeah, no, great. Good on him. I, I don't think it's going to happen. It'd be so cool to see him get one more win to end this year. I cannot believe he's not even, we're not even going to get to see him race outdoors. Like that. Which bums me out because, once again, I love fucking watching Marv ride. And who the fuck? Like, I don't know. It just, it would, once again, if this whole Hurlings versus Dylan versus Eli versus Cairoli thing, you add one more Frenchman into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, dude. It's fucking World War. Yep. Um, Stu, fourth. So... Looked better than he did in Atlanta, I think. I'm still not going to say he's not going to get a win, but... We're going down to the last lap of the last, last race, race of the year. <laughs> Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Uh, but, I mean, my dude over here, he's... It's not looking great for getting a race win, and it's just another really good season, essentially. You think... That his mind, I know that he would tell you on camera that he still wants to get a win. Do you think his mind has kind of drifted to what outdoors now going into outdoors? Possibly, yes. Which is another thing that we'll have to touch on a lot in our outdoor preview show. I don't even know what a Malcolm Stewart in this condition looks like outdoors. I don't know either. I don't. I don't know. Good fucking luck. I mean, we have not. We have not seen him ride outdoors since. He'd come out win Hangtown for all we or Paul or whatever. He fucking could, dude. That's all we fucking know. Malcolm I mean. Stewart could literally go out and go one one at Fox Raceway, Paula, whatever, and we'd go. Well, okay, all right, all right cool. Surprise guess, me. Guess is how this is the summer's gonna this go. Is how we're gonna go. So yeah, no, I mean, this is a great year for him. Oh, best year he's ever had of he's his had, life. Had awesome finishes. He's done well, but he's only know, finished outside what the top five twice, once, oh, twice. Hold on, let's see here. Let's see if it'll load. Oh, let's see. It's not here. often. He's Damn. not. Uh, so seven, five, 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 two, four, four, five, eight, two, eight, four, nine, five, four. So four times. So four times. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good fucking season. Yep. And your best finish, your worst finish, is not outside the top ten. Yeah, 
That's that's a good, good fucking season. Not outside the top ten, and he laid on the track in Detroit for a while, just contemplating his life. And then even thinking about Daytona, what happened yeah. with that whole fiasco? Yep. So, so yeah, no, great. Yeah, good job. Uh, Barsha fifth place, <laughs> passed Eli, crashed, passed him back, and that just kind of shows you. Well, Eli wasn't trying. Eli wasn't really trying. Yep. Uh, Webb. Boo, dude. What the. F- what battling for the lead Rips and, then the fades holy to, and then fades to sixth and only passed Eli on the last lap because Eli's just like, well, <laughs> whatever. Like, dude, what a fucking <sighs> such a disappointment. Such a fucking disappointment. I can't wait for outdoors to start to see how many of these guys we actually see outdoors. Well, here's the thing, because he's on my list of I don't think we here's see the him. thing. And I totally agree with that. But just say he does. Which how crazy it will be that if KTM, if Kyroli and Hurlings, that we're gonna have a four man KTM 450 team at some point. Um, dude, you got to think about the fact of if these issues are going to continue, and then you get AC back, you get Kenny back. Like, is AC coming back for outdoors? Do we know? I heard he's not. See, I thought he was. I heard it. No, I heard his knees still fucked up. Oh well, then maybe I am late to the party on that one. But just, dude. It's not going to be a good. It's not going to be good. Coop's outdoor season. If he decides to ride outdoors, which we're kind of in agreement, we don't think he's going to. Dude, if everybody thought last season was struggle bus, it's going to be terrible. Yep, this year. Uh, Eli Tomac. We talked about him already. Yeah. High top fade back to seventh. Vince Freeze. Vince Freeze eighth. I'm Man, actually more I... impressed with the guy behind Vince Freeze. Fucking troll train. Troll train ninth. Holy shit, after going to a Kimmy Granger two weeks ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Kimmy I, Granger. And I don't know what the hell happened to him in Atlanta. Um, dude. I Good for him. I know that he's just counting down the days to outdoors. Yeah. But good for him. That was really cool, especially through an LCQ win. Mm-hmm. Like, after that LCQ, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, eh, he'll be like 12 to 15. No, I'm just going to put ninth. Hey. What? On one of the shittiest tracks of the year, you pull out a ninth. Hey. Whatever it takes. Whatever you got to do. Whatever it takes. And then finally, that sexy son of a bitch. Justin Brayton. After we now know through uh, through Kevin that they were, you know, playing footsie together. <laughs> yeah. In the corner. <laughs> Fucking footsie hey, in the corner. Justin Brayton, we're just happy to be here, man. Hey, man. We're I'll, happy to be here. Hey, man. I love that guy. Good Go farewell season for him, though. Awesome. I mean, can't be sad about it. No. Bra- Brandon Hartraft, 11. Once again, just sneaky season, man. Yeah, just, just sneaky right season. there just around right that top 10, 12, 12 to 8 guy. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, Betty Bloss, Bloos, whatever, 12th, uh, amazing. He went through the whole race without crashing, I guess. That's impressive. For I him. like Benny, but I think he's going to crash a lot outdoors. <laughs> he's going to crash a lot in the next two rounds. Uh, okay, Clayson, 13th. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Brees, 14th. Uh, Freddie, Fast Freddie, 15th. Starling, 16th. Henry Miller, 17th. Kev, 18. Tristan Lane, 19. Man, I'm still on board that I could have swore Tristan Lane and Kev had a gnarly battle. I don't know. Like I said, maybe it was a live timing fuck up. Carnell and Carney Asada, 20th. Yeah, whatever. Friend of the show, Scott Meshi, 21st. Congrats, Scott. That's awesome. That's great. Good and, for you, buddy. Uh, Justin Bogle, 22nd. The fuck is happening there? That don't was care. weird. Long hair, don't care. That was weird. Dude, I went up the face of the triple. My brain malfunctioned. Well, I went up the face of the triple. My brain just malfunctioned. I don't know what happened. So. And who was 22nd? Bogle. Oh, who was 21st? Meshi. Oh, I could have. Sorry. Carnot was 20th. Yeah. Okay. Um, Before we move on to 250s. <laughs> yep. You said you didn't watch the LCQ, right? The 450 LCQ? I watched it. The fuck is Justin Rodbell doing? 
Uh, uh, dude. What the fuck? I don't fucking know. What the hell? Dude, if I'm Bubba Polly, I'm getting up and slapping you right was in the face. Was it Bubba Polly or it was Raper? No, it was Bubba Polly. Raper was behind both of them. Yeah, there should have been a fist fight over that. If one. I'm Bubba Polly, and I know Bubba a little bit, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I was around him quite a bit when he was younger. So he's not a fighter, and he's not a big guy by any means. If I'm Bubba, dude, I'm looking back, and I'm just punching you right in the face. Yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, we're not in transfer position. You literally just saw Scott, and I don't know who was behind Scott. I don't uh, who the fuck was it? I don't remember either. I, you literally just saw them. They were in the transfer spot. Scott was in the transfer spot, and you just dive bomb the inside of me mm-hmm. for six. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like Rod Bell made any money off of getting six. No, well like, they didn't wh- get that anyway. They both went down. Yeah, I'm like, what the, f- dude? I really hope, and we're never gonna know. I really hope it comes out this week that Rod Bell like had a miscommunication and thought that he was for the transfer spot. Because if he didn't, and he just dive bombed him for the hell of it, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's that was. Dumb. When I watched it, I was literally sitting there watching it, and I had to like go like this. I'm like, did 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 Rod Bell literally just blow him out for no reason? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> like, percent. And if anybody knows Bubba Pauly, he is like one of the nicest dudes. So it's not like he had a reason to. Do- I'm just like, D- really, Rod Bell, you're a moron. You're a freaking moron. Fucking idiot. So fucking stupid. All right, so that's been the 450 class wrap up. There, we're gonna take a quick break here. I gotta take a leak. And uh, we will be right back, and we will wrap up 250s, and we'll get this show wrapped up. So we'll be right back, everybody. All right, and we are back. Uh, Our 250 race wrap-up brought to you by our friends at Gutterworks. Thanks to Kayla and Josh for supporting the show. If you live in the Southwest Michigan area, make sure to check them out. Gutterworksgutters.com. Seamless gutters. They're fucking beautiful. They're so pristine. They're magnificent gutters. They keep the rain off your yard. Go check them out. Go check them out. Anyway, all right, 250 class. Austin Forkner. You want to start earlier on from the main and talk about that Varese situation? In the heat race? I don't think that was Forkner's fault at all. That was some unfortunate circumstances. I'm not going to blame Josh either. Um, no, no. I'm, I'm not blaming either of them. That nope. was an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. And when it first happened, I just went, and there went Forkner's collarbone again. Oh, dude. When I that saw him bad. when I saw him roll up on the berm and like sit there for a minute and start holding the shoulder, I was like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I was like, are you shh? I'm like... Karma. Just karma's a real thing, apparently. Just fucking terrible. And then when we replayed it back, like, even when I saw it in real time, I didn't think it was Fortner's fault. And then I watched it back. I was like, oh, that's just an unfortunate situation. I know that <clears throat> I know that Varese is taking a little bit of heat right now for his line decision. Where was he going? That is a great question. Where was he going? Yeah, because, see, the main line was to go three in the corner, and even people that are going 2-1, they were floating to the outside berm. He literally came off the backside and checked up and shot straight for the inside, and I'm just like, the only thing I could think of is because we do have to take into account that Fortner came on out of nowhere for those last two laps. So the only thing I can think of is is that Josh did not know that Fortner was behind him. He probably only thought Chiz was behind him. And he's just like, oh, well, Chiz got around me anyway. No, so Chiz uh, was in front of him already, wasn't he? No, no. Chiz had gone down, remember? Oh. And Varese passed him, and then Chiz passed him back. Oh, okay. So Varese probably was only thinking, oh, like, Chiz just got around me. Like, I'll just protect the inside, whatever. That's the only thing I can think of is, is that he didn't yeah. know that Fortner was there. Because, like I said, in all fairness, Fortner came out of nowhere those last two laps. He it was did. kind of like in Atlanta with RJ. Like, all of a sudden, he's not there, and then all of a sudden, he's right there in the whoops. Yep. And you're like, oh, shit. So... 
I will just say this, lucky on both of their ends because we all saw how bad Fortner got it. Josh got real lucky they didn't get his head taken off. Yeah. Because I don't think the rear wheel clipped him, but I swear it looked like the swing arm just grazed him. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, dude, if his head is two inches to the left, that is not well, good. How about your boy Jeremy Hand? Was it in qualifying? No, it was in the heat race. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Got his arm stuck in there. Oh, and then his hand stuck in the rear wheel. Yep. And then when they replayed it back and he's sitting there and you can clearly tell that he's like in agony and then he just pulled it back. I'm just thinking, dude, because you obviously can't see the glove. I'm just thinking his fucking finger just fell. Like he literally just cut his finger off. Yeah. Because he pulled it, it back. Because he pulled it back. He's like going there and you could see his body language that he's like, oh my God. And then when he pulled it back and then they cut away, I'm just thinking, holy shit, his finger, like it just is <laughs> stuck. Because I've seen people's finger get caught in the chains, yeah. in the sprockets. Yeah. And I've seen people lose fingers. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking. Holy shit! He li- and then the irony of Jeremy Hand and Hand, and I'm like, oh my god, people are gonna have a field day with that. <laughs> but I really hope his hand is not mangled. There's no way that he doesn't have broken bones because that yeah. thing was stuck. Duck. And I'm like, oh god. Yep. Yep. Made me cringe too. Uh, but anyway, um, so Forkner wins for the first time since what? 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah, when he, him, and Dylan had their. Yep, I wouldn't say battle because Dylan won the title, but they they had some races where they went back and forth. Yeah, so um, so good on him for winning. I mean, he's looked good last weekend and this weekend since he's come back. Dude, just stay healthy for outdoors, man. Yeah. Just fucking stay healthy. Like literally, wrap yourself in bubble wrap when you're doing motos during the week, because like you just stay healthy for outdoors. Yeah, holy shit. But uh... and we're not gonna rehash this because we've talked about this enough tonight. I mean, he, you know, we got handed to him. Whatever. We have a disagreement. It's fine. We're allowed to disagree on stuff. Jet won the title. That's all that matters. Good for him. Here's where we're going to go. Round of applause. Comment down below whether you think Jet Lawrence let Forkner win that race. Well, a lot of people are probably going to be Jet Lawrence because Jet has more fans than Forkner. if Forkner legit beat Jet. And I know where that's going to go. People are going to say Jet because a lot of Jet has more fans. Put this on Instagram. That's fine. Clip this. I already know what they're going to say. I already know what they're going to say. I already know what they're going to say because Jet obviously has more fans than Forkner. All I'll say is he won the title. That's only the thing that fucking matters. He won the title. Good for him. He wrapped it up early. He didn't have to do with the chaos of a last round because whether people want to admit it or not, no matter how big your points lead is, when it comes down to the final round, your head's kind of a little spaced. So good for him, man. He finally gets that elusive Supercross title. And I say finally because he's only been doing – he's only been three seasons or two and a half. So good for him. That's cool. Um, got the outdoor title. Got the Supercross title. And uh, it'll look real good when he goes into that 450 class here pretty soon. Generational talent, baby. Generational, just keep your eyes open. The show's just getting started. Ready for outdoors. <laughs> Outdoor tour 2022. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, next up, Pierce Brown got third. Did you think he was going to win that race? Because no. I did not at any point either. <laughs> I really I really like Pierce, but you could clearly tell when Austin and Jet got into second and third that... Bro, they were taking off three quarters of a second per lap. I think it's just because Pierce has not been in that situation enough. He yeah. just... I don't... It's kind of like what happened to Detroit. He went into... I think... He, I don't think he went into the red as early this time around, but you could definitely tell as that main started to wind down that he was struggling for yeah. air. Yep. Um, Mitchell Oldenburg, fourth. Good job for him. That was just kind of quiet. Yeah, just real quiet. After a exciting after an exciting uh, heat race mm-hmm. where he went down with RJ. Um, Chiz, fifth. Good on him. Won the heat, so that was good for him. Really glad his uh, wrist yeah, was not fucked was up. fucking gnarly, dude. Which was a very uncharacteristic Chiz crash, yeah. too. Just dip in the front end just a little too early. Yeah. Not really a Chiz thing to do, but I'm just glad he's uh, glad he's healthy. And I really, I wish 
he had a shot on that bike for outdoors. Yeah. Because I think he could do some real damage, but we know yep. that's not going to happen. Uh, RJ, sixth. RJ did RJ things. <laughs> Pierce Brown's situation, though, was not his fault. No. That was Pierce's fault. Yeah. Totally. So I just want to clear that up. We talk about RJ things, and he was doing RJ things throughout the day. That crash with Pierce was not his fault. Mm-hmm. Do you think had that not happened, and I guess it's kind of obvious because he caught Pierce, uh, RJ would have been the third man on the box? Yeah, because I think he was going to go around Pierce, and he was going to, yeah, he was going to kind of gap him a little bit. He was, he was catching him. He was on him. Yes, he probably would have passed him too. So. Just a typical fucking RJ. It's kind of like yes. with Fortner. If you don't have bad luck, you wouldn't have no luck. Yeah. Uh, Enzo Lopes seventh. That was a good. Quite a good ride for him. You know, crash. Yeah. Varese comes back to eighth after that heat race sneaky, incident. Sneaky good season. Yeah. Sneaky good season for him. Not bad. Colin Park led some laps, bro. Wow, that was wild. That was crazy. He was, was leading. fucking wild. <laughs> Can't believe he was leading. Yeah, I know. And um, from the sounds of it, he is going to be doing all the East Coast rounds on a 450 outdoors. Hmm. Not ride the 250. Interesting. I don't think they can make a motor that'll haul his big ass around. Is the team doing that team doing outdoors? Sounds of it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if they'll be going with. So I don't know all the details, but I'm going to assume what that team is going to look like will be Cullen on a 450, Cody Shock on a 450, and I think that might be it. I think KP Uh, KP's RIP Cody Shock. (laughs) Dude, an old Insta banger of his popped up on my uh, or popped up in. I don't know what it was. It was like Facebook or whatever. It was a link to one of his Insta bangers of him just throwing it sideways his first day in California on a KTM. It's like, oh, God, he probably wishes he was riding that bike still. Yeah. Um, speaking of Kyle Peters, I uh, listened to Pulp on Monday. They mm-hmm. had Dino on mm-hmm. talking about his experience in St. Louis there. Poking around his ass. Yeah, with five doctors. And then there, he was talking about being in the ER or whatever before they took him in for surgery. And all of a sudden they go, oh, crap, there's another moto guy coming in. He's in bad shape. And he's laying there. And then he looks over, and it's Kyle P. He's like, hey, Kyle, what's up, man? He's like, oh, hey. <laughs> what's wrong? Nothing. I'm just paralyzed. What's wrong with you? I just got a fucking third asshole. It's fine. <laughs> dude, only only moto dudes. Only moto dudes. Jesus. Have you heard about that Dino injury, too? Like, it was bad when we heard about it. He was talking about it on Monday. Gnarly. Yeah, I don't even want to. I know that he did a little update video. They can't sew it shut. They're letting it heal. Where is it? Is it on his ass cheek or on is his, it like it is crack? I, I don't know if it went into the crack. Here's one. Th- here's what I do know. When he had, so the fir- so he's had, I think, three surgeries now. The first one they went in when he first got there uh, because he had ripped the artery open mm-hmm. that runs through the ass. Mm-hmm. So they went in and fixed that. Then they went in again to like clean it all up and stuff. And I think it was the second time they went in, the the lady basically told them right before they put him out, they're like, well, if you did rip the asshole, you'll wake up with a bag attached to your stomach because you're going to have to shit in a bag Mm -hmm. for the next however many months till it heals up. So he's like, I woke up and I was just going, oh God, oh God, oh God. And luckily there was no bag. So he didn't actually rip his asshole. From what I understand, it's, Ten, so he said he keeps saying it's ten inches deep. So I, but let's face it, these guys are not ten inches across. They're not fat people, okay? No. So I assume it's like a ten inch long gash that is I don't know how deep and about four inches wide. He said, "Dude, my stomach is already." And they, oh, dude, he was talking about this, and I was trying to drink like a protein shake or something, and I was like, "God, I almost can't drink this because this is gnarly." Uh, they can't 
they sewed some down on the inside, I guess, mm. but they cannot sew the whole thing because it has to. It's so gnarly; it has to heal naturally. So his wife is having to stuff gauze in this thing multiple times a day. <clears throat> at which, from what I understand, it fucking stinks, which I can imagine. And then on top of that, when he shits. He's like, I can go to the bathroom and stuff by myself. Like, that's fine. But then she has to go in there and take the gauze back out because it'll get on the gauze, too. <laughs> and then re-gauze it again. I mean, dude, the real MVP is his wife, Sarah. Like, hey, man, the real him. MVP <laughs> here is Sarah. All I know is, is he got lucky because, A, if he would have ripped his actual asshole, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, B, the fucking bone right at the top. Like, he's lucky that the peg didn't go through that. He thinks that his his tailbone's broken they keep telling him it's not he says it sucks he's like dude it's so bad because it's just my ass just throbs all the time right now dude oh god that just makes my stomach and then cringe. in true dino fashion he flew home on a fucking regular flight that'd be brutal instead of figuring out how to go private yeah because so you, you know he doesn't just, have the so that you could just lay out you yeah, because you know he doesn't shelling that ten G's. Because doesn't have that ten G's laying so around, so you can lay on your stomach and just fly home and not have to sit. He sat on a fucking donut. Listen, Dino, quit being cheap, you fuck. Dude, it was hilarious what he was telling that, and all I could think is like, dude, you would never like if something like that happened to me at a race somewhere where I wasn't around home. You would never catch me fucking flying commercial home. I would slide one of my cards so fast. To just lay on my stomach and not have to sit on my fucking could you imagine gashed out ass for fucking however many even hours. he probably he, he at least obviously flew business could you imagine still just the pain <laughs> no he pun said intended. He, he said the he pain had, in the ass he said he had two painkillers I don't remember what he said they were that they gave him and he's like dude it didn't really help no of course not dude I know painkillers ain't gonna do something I for know. something and like he had that to sit on a donut the funny thing of the whole thing then getting too is, off the plane getting on and off oh, the plane yeah. the funny thing of the whole thing too is him telling he's like you know it's a good thing I'm not a shy person because in the stadium when I when they were working on me he's like dude they literally had me bent over a tough block with my ass just right there for the whole stadium to see as because they were trying to get it to stop dude, bleeding dude I can't and I imagine at some point, and if they haven't already, those photos surfaced or a video. Oh, I bet there's something out there. I somewhere. cannot imagine what his ass looked like. So here's, so here's the other gnarly thing. He lost, we'll call it half his blood. From what I understand, what he said is like, I don't remember the measurement, but it's like the normal measurement of blood in a person's like 16. Yeah. He's at eight. Oh, so dude. when he stands up, immediate lightheaded, he's like, dude, it fucking sucks. I can barely stand up. And yeah. So well, it makes sense because we're, we're all sitting there. We're going, dude, this is literally taking the whole race to yeah. get him going. And then now we know why when the doctors were all like frantic going like, what the fuck are we doing? Dude, he got lucky. He really did. And the thing that's sketchy about that is and like I'm obviously no doctor, but, you know, I've been around enough bad shit in my life. If you don't realize this, you can pump yourself full of all that blood that you lose but when you lose that amount of blood mm -hmm. anytime no matter what it is your body is never the same after that and we already kind of know where dino is in his career i'm gonna be honest i think this might be the nail in the coffin that what calls it a career it could for him. Be. depends how long it takes to come back from this. well he, yeah, well like gnarly. i said though even even no matter how long it takes dude he is not gonna be the same person yeah after this oh yeah this is just not gonna be something that he's just gonna be like oh nope i'm done like, this is going to affect him for a long time, and 
I think he just needs to be like, yeah, nope, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Because that, from now hearing all of this shit, he got real fucking oh, lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that, that could have been a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, all right, let's keep moving on down the line here. Uh, Jace Owen, 10th place. Good job, buddy. Uh, Marshall Welton. Good Marshall. Native, running 11th. Dude, I was surprised watching that main. I was like, holy shit. Dude, he ran 10th for probably a good a while. 11, 12 minutes. And then Jace was just hounding him the whole entire time. I had him on fantasy. So did I. Uh, I had Jace, too. Yep. So I was uh, conflicted. <laughs> Derek Drake, 12th. That's not a bad run They're going for through him. the LCQ. Yep. John Short, 13th. Okay. Uh, Jordan Smith did Jordan Smith things and but ended up 14th. Let's keep in mind. Oh, boy. Here we go. No, no. The finger. Dude, he can't, oh, he can't yeah. even pull the clutch in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, even though he did Jordan Smith things, he is now riding at a disadvantage, which, once again, fucking sucks because now he's not going to be 100% for outdoor testing, but mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Hunter Yoder, 15. Good for Hunter Yoder. <laughs> yep. Picked him. Picked him on fantasy. Good job. Uh, Jack Chambers, 16th. Good job for Jack. Good job for Jack. Zach Osborne, affiliate there. Uh, yep, you can accredit that to a lot Jarrett, of Zach. Jarrett Fry, 17th. Uh, whatever. Uh, Josh Cartwright, 18th. Okay. Osby, 19th. <laughs> Lane Shaw, 20th. Maybe one day we'll tell that story. Alves, 21st. Yeah. Which uh, is weird because he had a good was it the heat race he was good or the main that he got the good start. He no, got, he got a good he got a good start in both the heat and yeah. the main. Yeah, but the heat he was leading right. Yeah, he was leading the heat for yeah. a while, and then dropped back, and then the main. I think he got a top twelve start or something, something like that. But I'm going to assume kind of what we talked about on the fantasy show that he still might be have some lingering injuries from yeah. that Atlanta shit. Could be. Uh, and then Hardy Munoz, twenty second. Don't know what the fuck Nets. was wrong. Saved his life. Nets did save the his Nets life, but saved. they was trapped like a fucking velociraptor, dude, in the net. When I when they originally showed that footage, when they just showed the back half of it, and they just showed a dude launching through the berm when you couldn't <laughs> tell who it was, I was like, oh, I was like, it's some just random like back of the pack B dude. I was thinking of like Joe Clayton or something. And then when they were like, oh no, it's Hardy, I'm like, well, that yep. makes all the sense. <laughs> that in the world. makes all the sense in the world. Of course, Hardy would be the one dude to fuck the nets up. Broke it. Yeah, dude. They sat there for like 10, 15 minutes fixing it. Yeah, he broke it. I mean, at least they did what it lived, what it's supposed to do. I'm like, of all people. Dude, uh, like it's Hardy very hardy, Munoz. very hardy Munoz thing to do, man. I'm like, very oh my hardy God. Munoz thing. Jesus. So, all right. That wraps up the race coverage. Anything else you want to talk about, man? Uh, anything you've heard in the industry this week or anything like just, that? I think the only biggest thing we're all just wondering is, is obviously we still got these two titles to wrap up. But I think the crazy thing is, is this Hurlings and Cairoli talk is actually, wildly enough, I think it's kind of overshadowing a lot of the stuff going on in yeah. Supercross, So, which is could, wild to think because we always talk about the difference between Nationals and Supercross. Yeah, so we could talk about this, too, because we obviously talked about it on the, uh, the fantasy, uh, fantasy show. show that didn't fucking work. So yeah. um, so Cairoli confirmed this week that he is coming over. Uh, for the yeah, first two. Well, air quotes, coming over for the first two. Bullshit. Um, there. We talked about this on Thursday, but we'll touch on this again. In my opinion, there is no way he comes over to ride fucking Paula and Hangtown. And Hangtown. Yeah. He is going to be here for more than two rounds. Justin believes if he's in the top five in points, he'll he'll continue to go mm-hmm. until he's not in the top five or the end of the season, whatever. Um, but either way, he's going to be here, which is awesome. So, Dude, <laughs> it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Even take out the the hurlings thing. Just the fact that we have somebody as accomplished and the legend status that is Tony Cairoli, even if you want to talk about, oh, this is kind of just a bucket list thing for him. Look, 
You can say that all you want. Tony doesn't do shit half-assed. Yeah. Like I told you, I heard he had been riding three times a week. Mm-hmm. Train- he just trains because he wants to stay in shape. That's and, just who he and is. And for anyone who says, oh, three times a week isn't shit, he's 30-some years old. He's 37. 37. Okay? I'm here to tell you at 32, going on 33, that three times a week is a lot. And then you also look at the fact of you could just look at the man and like oh, yeah. what he looks like, and you're like... Yep. Oh no, that's impressive. Um, he, however long he's here, whether it's for four or five races, because once again, we don't buy this two race bullshit or the whole season. He's gonna make hell on those boys. Oh yeah. Whether he wins races or not, that's a different story. And you in the comments can light me up about well, he's not gonna challenge Eli Tomac or whoever, whatever. That may be fine. But this is not just some random GP dude that's coming over to race our series. This is a guy who's won nine world titles and has won over a hundred fucking GPs or whatever it is. This dude is going to make life hell on them. He's legit. Whether he can do it for 35 minutes, that's a different conversation. But I will say this. He rips that that first. We go into that first moto in May in Fox Raceway and that man rips a whole shot. Fucking it's on like Donkey Kong. Yep. Shit is going to get wild because. We also know the savage. I mean, we saw it with our own eyes. I've watched Tony ride a few different times in my life, but obviously you saw him at MX of, Na- MX of Nations, mm-hmm. and obviously it wasn't good because. Of dr- but dude, you saw that man that race craft up cr- up close. That line selection that that man has. That dude figures out tracks quicker than anybody I've ever yep. seen in my life. So if anybody is equipped to ride the shit tracks that is California, Tony's like, I'm shaking my hands, bro. I am ready for that shit. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and then the hurlings thing. I mean. Got cleared to ride last week, or this past week. Yep. And you're at what now? What would you say? I'm at 70-30. 70-30 that he's coming. And if we get to, uh, what did I say? If we get to May and uh, he is posting Instagram videos or there's more more word that he has been pounding out motos, doing some that, I'm up, at 85, I'm up to 85%. <laughs> Dude, I am... Have we have we seen any riding footage yet? No, because I think he's being very, very hush-hush about this. I don't think he's trying to quite set the world of the internet on fire as far as the motocross community goes. Not yet. But I'll tell you what, the moment that there is a video of him, and yep. especially if it's an Instabanger, mm-hmm. holy fuck. And if there is any footage at all of him in America come mm-hmm. May, people are going to lose their minds. Yep. Um. Yeah, I... I will stand by this. If they know ahead of time that he is racing the series and they don't market this the right way, it'll be the we talk about MX Sports at length all the time in the AMA or AMA or MX Sports is the mm-hmm. AMA. If they don't not market this correctly, it'll be the worst fucking decision of their life. Yep. They can talk about, well, you know that I don't fucking care, dude. If you know ahead of time that Hurlings is confirmed for this series, the marketing tools that you could use are just him versus Eli. Because mm-hmm. this will be literally the first time ever that we have seen a guy. Because I don't want to talk about RV in 2014. He He's was, the reigning world title, yeah. isn't he? He is the reigning. He won the he won champion- last year. Yeah, right? he won the championship. Yeah. This will be the first time ever that a reigning world champion, outdoor champion, has come over to the United States mm-hmm. and is committed to an entire season with the idea of winning said title, and then it's never going to happen again. Because that's the difference. This is a one-time deal. People, you need to realize, this is a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Hurlings comes over here, if he does, he's not coming back after this. This is a circumstantial yep. thing. That's what makes it even more special. And a guy in the prime of his fucking career yep. against 
an Eli Tomac that may be in the prime of his career against a Dylan Ferendis that's coming off an outdoor title, a Jason Anderson that never looks better, a Chase Sexton. Ken Roxon, I'm not going to put him in there because we don't really know where he is. And he's riding. He's riding. He's riding. And, and then to top it all off, Jeffrey's arch nemesis that is Tony Cairoli. Is going to be here, too. Is going to be here, too. Dude, I know that you're not an outdoor guy over Supercross, but you can't sit there and say that oh, you're excited. not you're not a little geeked I'm up for this. I'm excited. Because we always like to talk about besties never, besties never. No. If this is all plans out how we think it's going to, this will literally be the best 450 outdoor summer ever. Yep. And it really sucks for the boys in the 250 class because they have some of the wildest racing. Dude, nobody ain't going to give a shit about the 250 class. Nope. Like, we talk about Jet, and obviously people are going to still watch Jet for Jet and J-Mart all that. Fucking half the people are going to be so fucking tired from watching those 450 motos. They ain't going to give a shit about the 250 racing. Yep. But guess what? We'll be there three times to fucking see it. It's going to be awesome. Dude, it's going to be great. It's going to be fucking great. Uh, so one other thing I've been thinking about here. Mm-hmm. I was watching the qualifying for Formula One the other day. Okay. And you know how they do it? Yep. Where they essentially trim the trim the fat yep, down from, through from each session. From 20 to 15 to, 15 to 10. 10. Yep, which I actually think it should be even lower than that. I think it should go five for the last round, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's, yep. Yeah. I started thinking on these supercross tracks that we now talk about how beat they are because we're doing 20 minutes or whatever. Why are we not doing that in qualifying? We have three sessions. Well, remember, we kind of had this conversation when we were talking on St. Louis on yeah. the way down and talking about this. Why do you not have 20 dudes go out in a group for the first session and then it gets trimmed and then it gets trimmed? I mean, you do it in all of them, actually. You could do it in C group. You could do it in B group. You could do it in all the groups Yeah, and just trim it down. I mean, I don't know. It's maybe me- they'll maybe they'll have a new look on how qualifying will go with this World Supercross because obviously we've now seen since we've gone to this 20, 15 minutes for the two fifty main, twenty minutes for the four fifty main that we need to start changing something. Yeah, we because like, dude, this is not a knock at everybody, especially obviously our great friend of the show, Kevin Moran, Scott Meshi, guys like that. But I I'll stand by this, and like I said, I want everybody to know this is not a shot. This is just a comment. It does not look good to a viewer that when you go here to see the best riders in the world and you see the top guys lapping the back of the pack guys three times. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good look. And I know most people will say, well, oh, nobody really gives a shit. Let me, let me say this. At one point I looked up, Meshi was four laps down yesterday. And Scott's a good fucking rider. He is a good rider. Obviously, we know he's better outdoors, but dude, he's made two Supercross mains in the 450 class on a 250F. Let me ask you this, because I don't pay this close of attention. Formula One, mm-hmm. what's it like there for the 15th through 20th place guy? What do you mean? Uh, like, are they getting lapped? Are they getting lapped a lot? So today at the Emilia Romagna race, and it was a little bit different <clears throat> because Emilia Romagna, they uh, were worried about torrential rain because they had had rain pretty yeah. much all weekend. They didn't yep. have DRS enabled for a while because they were safety reasons. Uh, Max lapped all the way up to Max Charles, and, Max Charles Perez, and um, Lando lapped up to to 11th once hmm. just once and on a normal weekend where everything is pretty perfect prime whatever word you want to use they'll usually lap up to like 
seventeenth, sixteenth once. See, but that's th- that to me is acceptable. Like you're yeah. gonna have some guys that are just gonna not fall three fucking off. times. Yeah. Not three fucking times. Not three fucking times and lap into eighth place. Or when we see an outdoors, it gets even worse. Where a couple times this last summer they lapped all the way up to sixth. Mm-hmm. Like, is an optics thing to be taken more serious? We got to change some shit. Like mm-hmm. it just—I don't know how you fix that because that is a very old, old problem. And obviously, you can't fix the talent disparity. Mm-hmm. But it just—it is not a good look to when you're trying to bring in new viewers and you claim that oh, these are the best guys in the world, which they are. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get it twisted. Those are not my words. But to a new viewer that doesn't know how it works like we do, or even an average viewer. But this is the thing, too. This is where we look at it as Feld is an entertainment company, and they're just trying to make their money entertaining people. They're not trying to grow it, which is super weird to me. But they're not trying to grow it, it, Because it almost contradicts the whole fact of making money, because you're not trying... It's a weird conversation, and we could deep dive this if we had more time with a different podcast. Yeah. But like I said, it's just not a good look to the new viewer and you put up there, these are the best guys in the world, and then they go, well, if they're the best guys in the world, why are the guys in the back getting lapped three times? And it's because they don't understand it the way we do or even average viewer does. But to them, because they don't understand it, you can't really explain it to them. You can't really explain how hard it is to fucking go that fast for 20 plus minutes and the difference in speed already when the track is smooth. Yeah. You just, they won't get it. No. They will not get it. And like I said, it's just not a good look to a new viewer and they go, well, how the fuck are these guys the best world? They just got lapped three times. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I don't know. Something's got to change and maybe we'll see it in the World Supercross Series. Yeah, we'll see. Just a thought I had the other no, day. No, I, I like it. Like, I mean, know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, so last thing, uh, got Denver this weekend. Yep. Mile high. Yep. Unfortunately, we're not going to see the Privateer Challenge. I don't know. Maybe we will. They claim they're going to throw it up on YouTube or some yeah, shit, but who they knows? They said they're going to record it, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We won't see it for like a week. That didn't really do any good. Um, Christian Craig can't wrap up the title this weekend. No. I don't think. Uh, no. He no, could. he could. Yeah, he could. He could. He's got to win. He's got to win. Eli Tomac is going to clinch the title this weekend, mm-hmm. no matter what. doesn't really fucking matter what happens. He's going to clinch it. Yep. Which is really cool for him. Two years that he's won his titles, he's wrapped it up in his home state. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. That's cool. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, who wins 250 West and the 450 main? Uh, dude, I think Hunter wins again. I'm on board he's with that. He's rolling. I'm on board with he's that. He's fucking rolling I'm right now. I'm on board with that. And I think he's pissed off that he's as far out of this as he is. Especially just watching his brother, as happy as he is, just winning another title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 450s... I think we see Marv win. God, that'd be cool. I don't think Ando's going to get it. I think the, uh, what's it called? Altitude, Altitude sickness. sickness might get him a little bit this week, so I don't think he's going to be quite on it. You know what? I think Hunter's going to win, too. I definitely agree with that, obviously, because I am a Hunter fan, so I just mm-hmm. anytime Hunter wins, that's cool. I actually think Christian crashes his fucking brains out. because be I think <laughs> Jesus be cool. Christ. I think he's going to crash his brains out. because Not, I think, it, not him getting hurt, but just yeah, crash his Because I think out. Hunter's just going to be faster, and I think Christian's going to piss him off. Yeah. As far as the 450 goes, I'm on board with the Marv thing. I think that if this wasn't in Denver, I think that Ando would rack it off again. That's actually funny to think about because Ando's talking about wanting to give him a hard time, but we have Denver and then Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. We're altitude both yeah. of them, so I don't yeah. know. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm not against the Marv thing. I think Sexton wins. Okay. I think Sexton wins. All right. Man, because he should have won Atlanta. Yeah. He should have. Like he just uh, Anybody that's being objective, he should have won that fucking race. It's a lot like Stu. Yeah, I know. 
Should have won. Odd. Fast. Odd. Should have won. And then last night, obviously, Ando was better, but Sexton was really good. I think Sexton gets another one. But I am on board with the Marv thing. I think that'd be really cool. I do want to see him get another win. So, yeah, right. I'm going to think Hunter. I think Craig crashes his brains out at some point. Don't know when it'll happen, but I think it's just because Hunter's going to be better. Cost him the title, crashes his brains out? Or? Ooh, God, that would be really hard. That would be really – he would have to he, he would have to do something that we don't want, and that would be to hurt himself. And we obviously don't want that. No. He would have to hurt himself, I think, at that point. Because he's just obviously, dude. The te- the speed is just so much different. Yes. Um. And yeah, I think Sexton wins. I, I do. I don't know where Eli finishes. I don't think it really matters because he's going to wrap the title. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think we're gonna have another good night of racing, though. I don't know what the dirt's going to look like. It's supposed to be nice. So. I don't know. We'll see. I don't remember what Denver was like before. So. Uh. If I remember correctly, I think it was kind of rocky. Hmm. All right, so this has been another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, episode number 199. Thanks to our sponsors, Energy Fuel, Premier Custom Trailers, TLR Coatings, Alias Sport, Holster Co., Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutterworks, Isaac Nelson Design, and Clutch Media. Again, links to all those in the description, links to merch and, and Amazon links and everything else in the description to help help us out. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, and uh, we will be back next week to wrap up Denver and hopefully... We will get a fantasy show out on Friday this week. Also, thank you, Max from Dirt Bike Depot. Yeah, thanks, Max from Dirt go, Bike Depot. Go check them out. Thank Kevin. Go check them out. Kevin, we're not going to thank you. Dirt, You're on dirt, bike, dirt Bike Depot. Uh, use the code. Hold on. We got a code. Use the code TMASS10 for 10% off at thedirt-bikedepot.com. Again, link in the description along with that code and everything for you guys so you can go check their stuff out, maybe buy something, purchase some boots you can't purchase in the store. Kev, we're not going to thank you. You're on here all the time. Yeah, thanks, Kev, for just being you, buddy. Just being you, pal. So, all right. This has been episode 199. We'll be back next week. Episode 200. Milestone mark here. This is going to be great. We... We don't really have anything planned, do we? Nope. This is how good we are. Maybe Cole will be on for Maybe months. Cole will be here. Maybe That'll he doesn't have excited. an he doesn't have an excuse. You know, yeah. he went to Denver a week early, the douchebag. Yeah, what a douche. God. Whatever. All right, Fuck guys. That guy. See ya. See ya.